Welcome everyone. Welcome to Neutral Lounge, a podcast about video games and computer technology. I'm your host Joel, and with me is my co-host Al and our guest Jay. Together we make up the Neutral Lounge. In this episode we talk about Xbox and Halo. Is Halo truly infinite? Genshin Anniversary. What's the impact? A pat on the back or a slap in the face? China locks down gaming for under 16s. Conscientious government or state control? Our favourite console generations and why? Intel Autolite rekindles competition. And Activision Blizzard news. Bobby Kotick. Hell no, he won't go. Without further ado, let's talk tech. Hey Al. Hey Joe. And Jay, of course. Hi. Uh, how are you guys doing? Yeah, not too bad. Yeah, really good. Looking forward to Christmas. Hopefully get some more time to play more games and uh, Halo, 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 Halo. Yeah. Happy man, <laughs> oh, I don't know. Well, <laughs> I just see what this new, new, new COVID variant is going to do as well. <laughs> oh. Yeah, don't don't depress me because I'm I've got a. <laughs> I've got a holiday planned um, to what? Thailand over the Christmas. You, you should the first still time be I've able ever to done get this. away. It depends if they block you to arrive. <laughs> yeah, that that will be the problem. They've just opened up, so mm-hmm. you know, it'd be a, you know, a shame if I couldn't get there because it's something obviously I've been looking looking forward to now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've yeah. never, I never even attempted to to be away at Christmas before. Mm. We were meant to go away to uh, Disneyland last year, <laughs> mm. and you can imagine all, all the promises we made to the kids, and that got. That rug got pulled out, so we're going away to Dubai this year. <laughs> Fingers crossed we, we, we either don't go, or we go and can make it back. You don't want to get stuck over there. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it just depends on what it's going to be. Well, it's too, it's too early to say with that new variant, um, but obviously UK's already taken some steps. But yeah, you don't, we don't know at this stage. There's not enough information. So, yeah. No, you gotta you got to go as planned, right? So, And, you know, I think the the country, the world, needs to be allowed to kind of like, you know, do the whole Christmas thing. Mm. I mean, how depressing would, would that be? You know, another another year without a family get together or get together with friends. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm hoping it, it yeah. you know, it, it stays as is. Obviously, you know, obviously we take precautions and everything. Again, I'm getting, I'm getting to see more and more people, which is, you know, cool. Yeah. No doubt about that. And with those pleasantries out of the way, let's drop in to our first topic. Okay guys, I think the first topic we want to talk about is really Xbox and Halo. So I titled this one is Halo Truly Infinite. Obviously the uh, multiplayer is out now. Uh, there's a warmer feeling around the campaign and it feels like Microsoft and Xbox have really got a clear run towards Christmas you know there's not an awful lot happening in other camps Um, so I just you know I wanted to get your thoughts on that and I think Jay we're gonna start with you because I know you've been kind of grinding away at Halo you know like on the uh, infinite battle pass (laughs) <laughs> yeah, on the infinite battle floss. That that is the one true true infinite thing about it about Halo, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Um 
Take it away. Yeah, sure. Uh, so I'll start with kind of the big picture. So I I, I had the original Xbox and I've got very fond memories of it. And I kind of not been interested for a number of years. But I really get that warm feeling from Xbox, what they're doing with the, some of their games coming out with Horizon 5, which I haven't played, but look, it's reviewed very well. And then obviously playing Halo. I just feel in a kind of <laughs> in a happy place with Xbox, right? Um, which I think is important because just liking one game is not good enough for me. I really want to believe in the brand and the console and where they're going. So, so that, that's the first thing. Uh, in regards to Halo, um, I, I played the the two betas earlier in the year, and to be honest, I was just blown away. Uh, and the the main thing for me is the sandbox has to be fun. As as much as what we say about Destiny. The sandbox is what keeps you coming back and and, I, and whenever i play any first person shooters that's the first thing i test right and for me i was sold by the betas i've been waiting for for the the multiplayer to drop it dropped uh on the 15th of november which was during xbox's uh i think 30th anniversary celebration and it was a kind of the 20th oh sorry 20th, 20th, yeah, 20th, 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 20th sorry 20th, 20th. Yeah, yeah and um I was on it straight away <laughs> and, and I, I've literally played it every day since and I, I think it's I think it's amazing and it's amazing on a number of fronts right but let's let's start with the kind of the the sandbox Halo was all about the feel just something special and, and it's one of those things you, you just can't explain to anybody unless you play it and this game has got it the Halo feel is back doesn't matter what happens with not having enough maps or not another battle pass or even what happens with the, with the single player which is probably a, a separate thread right but this has got a solid platform for i think they're planning for the next 10 years for, for i'm hooked it's, it's going to be my multiplayer game i think my main first person the sandbox you're talking about i mean the way i kind of think about that it's it's the core mechanics and it's the core of the game and what you can do in the kind of like play area yeah it, yeah, it, 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 there's a couple of things. So there's the the animations of the character and the micro movements of the gun. It just feels like the original, but modern. I, I had played uh, four and a little bit of five, and I, I, I didn't like it. Um, but I played more of the first three, and this feels like the first first three. Good to hear. Um, it's got other things that are actually dynamic. For example, there there are uh, they have these kind of like booster ramps. <laughs> That allow you that, that push you across the map because some of the maps are quite large you can throw a grenade into that and it'll bobble on the ground and, and fire off into the distance <laughs> you, you 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 have this thing on your arm where it's, it's like a repel mechanic right and you can yeah, throw it's... the grenade repulse the grenade into the kind of the the the, the, the ramp thing and then it will fly across. You, you you can drop. You know you you got that mechanic to drop a weapon, can't you? You, you can hold two weapons. You can drop one, uh, either because you pick something else or you can just ditch it. You can ditch it on that ramp and it will fly across the map. <laughs> <laughs> so many games, the vehicles just feel off. Particularly aerial vehicles, they're very hard to get right. The aerial vehicles on this are are amazing. There's a I, I forgot the name of the, the name of the vehicle is. It's kind of like the banshee. No, it's not. It, not a banshee. No, it's 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 it's, it's a slightly different to that. There's a it, it's a a, a human uh, aircraft. 
it kind of it kind of looks like something out of Avatar, and and, and it can float around. Okay, but okay. It is mm. on point. There's no fiddly. There's no fiddly bit to it. And I was, I, I, <laughs> you you try any vehicle. There, there, there's there's a vehicle that that's kind of got like a, it's like a lawnmower type thing, and it tilts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every single vehicle yeah. feels amazing. There's no, there's no like uh, like some some vehicles in the games that they feel kind of good, and you turn, and it's not quite right. Everything is on point. The sandbox is is. I don't, I don't want to swear, but it's hopefully it is so good. The the weapons, right? The weapons, each each weapon is right. Uh, so you, you get the standard weapons, right? The one that you know that the, the, the auto rifle and the pistol, they are all on point, right? There's a couple that need a bit of tuning, but some of the newer ones, uh, like like there's a, it's like a rocket launcher, but it, it fires a kind of like a. Uh, uh, like a pole <laughs> so you, you can have someone driving on, on, on a vehicle and, and it'll just knock the vehicle flying in the air and even that's dynamic so mm-hmm. so this this the sandbox is in such a way that they, it allows them to add new weapons or new uh, abilities and and it's and, and it's going to keep it keep it fresh um i've sent you guys a clip which you've probably not seen that Oh, I saw it. There's I like saw mechanics it. Yeah, in yeah, mechanics okay. as well. So, for example, you can use, you can drop something on the ground, fire the gun, and use that to conduct electricity into another player. But that's not a core part of the weapon. So, it, <laughs> it, it, it is, it's it's absolutely. Always, I mean, solid. I solid. always remember kind of Halo just doing kind of vehicles extremely mm. well because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a fan of the first, the first three, and I played the latter two spin-offs. Never really got onto the kind of latter two games, that's for sure. To me, it's just like the physics of the of the game. Mm. You know what I mean? You like you said the feel of the feel of the gunplay, and it, it just does the real simple things extremely well. It's polished. It's polished. It's yeah. really polished. I I, I I again, like you were saying about the campaign. I I for me, the campaign is important, but the enduring things, the multiplayer, because I like like Destiny has lost its way on the PvP. It really has, um, but this I can talk about it briefly without going on a tangent. That they, they, they're tuning every part of the sandbox for December and Destiny, like every single ability is being tuned, and, and they are actually first time making a split difference, although minor between PVE and PVP, which is going to make a difference. But the state it's been in the last couple of years, Destiny is kind of not the PVP is not good. This is. This is my PvP game done, and and Destiny, as you guys know, you you have to invest a lot of time on on the kind of the inventory and the currencies. This is perfect. I can I can go to my kickboxing class, come back, play for shower up, I play for a half an hour, an hour, and I'm and I feel good. <laughs> <kind of head. laughs> um, so yeah, so the, the sandbox is amazing. Um, just kind of pivoting weapons, all absolutely solid. They're, they're fun. They're just. You have, you you have. It's so fluid jumping between the weapons in the game when people drop them. You you you, you each weapon is so distinct, particularly the new ones that they 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 clearly have a a purpose in in the play dynamic when you're playing. So depending if you're playing oddball, or if you're playing team battle, or if you're playing Slayer. Um, at the moment, there's there's a week festival called Fiesta where you start with two random weapons. When someone drops weapon, 
uh, when someone dies, you, you, you actually want to discover what's there. <laughs> and where you are on the map will actually dictate where, what weapon you want to change. That is, it works really well. The maps, with that sort of rose-tinted glasses, I, I, I love them. <laughs> I think that there's, there's a good variety. I, I, when I first started playing, the colour palette was was probably you know i've been spoiled by destiny because it's all vibrant colors and real it, there, there is a little bit of sameness but the actual map design is amazing the weapons you pick off the wall destiny's map design does not have the same level of thought because halo drop has weapons on placed on the ground on the wall throughout the map so every segment of the map has a specific design for that weapon so if it's a pistol the room is such as a pistol type of fight. If it's a rocket launcher, you've got the space and the angles to shoot, or if it's a sniper, they've all been strategically placed. So the, the map design and the weapons where they, where they are, if you play it enough, it's all had thought behind it. That's another strong element to the old Halos as well, really, because I, you know, I remember kind of multiplayer on the old Halos, and again, it was always the, the level design was so, so strong. You know what I mean? I mean, it's still an, an arena shooter. Mm. It kind of felt a, a bigger arena shooter at the time, but it just sounds like they've, they've had a list, long list of, um, you know, what did Halo do really well? And they've just been systematically ticking it off, if you know what I mean, almost. 100%. And they've gone back to the original. Like, if you think about, uh, there's a game called Splitgate, right, which has been quite popular. It's got the same game modes as the original Halo. And there's not been many other games that have really copied it for a while. It's got, you know, Call of Duty's gone their own way. Battlefield has gone its own way. Apex has gone its yeah. own way. For me, I, and I would imagine you guys as well, and others, those game modes are proven. Slayer, Oddball, uh, Team Battle, and, and there'll be modes such as, and they're not in the game at the moment, right, where you just have snipers or shotguns. You know, th those, those type of things which will come. They've they've basically the, the summary is they've nailed it. I, 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 this game is is fundamentally at its core absolutely solid. And, and I, I would say if you are going to play it, there is a bit of an adjustment because, for example, the sprint is is quite nerfed, but it, it works really well. And that's probably another positive I want to talk about. De De Destiny has that that the time to kill is 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 not that quick, so you have that kind of battle between each player, right? Uh, where you don't get that in, necessarily in Battlefield or Call of Duty, Halo is the same, um, but Halo doesn't have the kind of the space magic that Destiny does. So it, it really is that really jumping around, and, and, and you, you, your body gets tight, and you're like, oh, oh and that feeling of when you kill someone in that mode, it, it, <laughs> you, you, you can't you can't replace it. And I, I um, how, how does the uh... The grappling hook coming oh, to grappling. play. The first time I saw it when they announced it, right? I thought, what's this grappling hook? Was it trying to be Bionic Commando or something? The, you know, which is an old school 2D kind of a uh, platform game. So, so the, yeah, the, the 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 grappling hook is okay. So so some of the abilities like the grappling hook, you, you won't get access to all the time, but it comes up more frequently than you probably think. Um, uh, to be honest, I haven't. You, in the betas, you, you got it whenever you started because they wanted people to try it out, right? And I was sold there. Yeah, yeah, when yeah. you play the game now, you don't always get it. Um, um, but uh, th that, that clip I sent you where if you face a certain direction and fire the grappling hook, 
it changes the momentum of the swing. <laughs> so mm. I, I'm looking forward to actually playing around with more, one more with it. it, it it's, it, it's, this is probably less my experience with what I've heard uh, of people who are in the industry. They're saying it is the best implementation of a grappling hook. I, I think uh, Titan Fall and Apex have got a really yeah. good one. This is solid as well. Yeah. There's, 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 no, there's no like I like with it, like with the vehicles. There's no oh it it, it works eighty percent of the time, but there's twenty percent of the time where it's kind of janky. There's nothing janky in in, in, in the sandbox. I, I, I would say it's. Um, I should probably stop on the positive because I, I I don't want to overdo <laughs> yeah, it. But yeah, I, I you, you are that really you, impressed. Yeah. <laughs> I'm solved. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, I've saw. I mean, I saw clips of the actual grappling hook, and you can use it offensively and as well as defensively yes. from what I could make out. And I've thought, well, yeah, that's that's some legs, and and obviously the levels, being what they are, have a lot more verticality to they them. Do, yeah. And I think the kind of grappling hook looks as if it kind of plays quite a big part in all of that as well. Yeah. I mean, I'm guessing you can traverse it without it, but I mean, it's it's there if you you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I I don't think you get you'll get it enough to really be swinging around all the place. It, it's it's it, yeah. it's it, you get it enough that you're if you're a skilled player, you're situationally use it appropriately. It's not swinging around everywhere. It, the, the game is boots on the ground type of gameplay and you're it you're constantly in that kind of one-on-one jumping around and who's got the right angle and depending on your weapon i'm glad because i bought the xbox <laughs> um yeah it's something to play, to play on it another, now. <laughs> other positive and i'll move on to negative in a second right it's free to play it is got to be the most polished free to play game i mean i've played apex right and i do like the feel but it doesn't have the same uh what's the universe and the and the map style and the heritage and the, the feels as as halo. best way you can say about it is it's actually halo in its prime it's just it just sounds like halo in its prime it is it's three, 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 four, three are, are, are saved i think it's, uh, it's it, it is a solid platform to to grow from it's in a similar way you know, when Destiny came out, it, everything was a shit show. The, 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 the story, the amount of content, but the foundation sandbox was absolutely solid. This is solid as well. It's you can't you can't fix it once you land with a cranky sandbox, and they've landed a yeah. really good sandbox. Um, it, it, it's uh, kind of going on the negatives. Um, the battle pass is a is a joke. It is a it is a grind <laughs> fest. So, so they've got a good pool of kind of um like objectives or, or sub objectives like kind of achievements you have to get you know mm. use this weapon this many kills or or complete this match or or or, or, or take down a warthog with you know, that rocket launcher with the with the pole i was talking about um mm-hmm. but the, the way they've implemented is terrible so it'll pick from that pool four or five objectives and you can't choose the game mode at the moment you you Oh yeah. So so that. you have to wait for the, some of the game modes to come for for the objectives. You weren't getting XP for, for play, completing a game or winning. Yeah. They, they they they've since fixed it, so you get a minor bit of XP. Um, but for, in effect, you don't get uh, progression by playing the game all the time. Uh, no, they have they've done a little bit of a plaster fix, so you get a little bit now. But they they fudged it, so the UI doesn't tell you that it does, but it does. <laughs> um, but just just generally the the battle pass. 
yeah, it, 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 it needs significant rework for reward versus effort. Mm. And like, like we used to with other games, right? It needs work in terms of customize, more customization of objectives. The customization of the characters and the vehicles is really good. You can change helmet, helmet attachments, visor, shoulder, wrist, gloves, uh, kind of like there's an item right you put around your waist, like a holster for guns. Then you've got, you can put a logo on your chest, like you can put logos on the side of your guns. You can have those little, those things that dangle, like Rainbow Six, what they're called, the... Uh, uh, emblems or whatever they were. Yeah, but they're like 3D objects that kind of like hang on the gun. Um, you can put logos on your on your vehicles. You can change the color of vehicle. The, 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 the subcategories of customization are there's so many. Even even your 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 name tag, the background, the banner on top, the number and the logo. The the the, the, the categories. But what they give you in the battle pass is pretty shit. You know, like a blue and a pink. <laughs> um, towards the end of the battle pass, it's got some cool things like a flaming head flaming arms um there has been some leaks about some really cool customization you know, like a fox head and a pig head or it, it's got the foundation again of really good customization but what they give you in the in the battle pass which i paid seven pounds for eight pounds for which which is meant to last three months but it's gonna last five you know i, I bought it because it just makes me give me a little bit of progression but what they give you is is probably not good enough it, it needs to be more rewarding mm. and i i think they'll they'll, they'll tune that um, in, in the database, people have leaked as well. There's, I think, a thousand pounds worth of items <laughs> locked away in the store. They, 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 <laughs> it, it seems like they purposely swung it to let's give the guys the bare minimum, let them let them moan, and then we'll tune it up. Um, hmm. Yeah, makes sense. And, yeah, and maps-wise, just last thing, maps-wise, they they, I think they've got ten or twelve maps, probably twelve maps. They, they they could they could they could do with more maps, um, but I'm sure they'll add that one more with time. They'll. Yeah. Um, What's the size of the PVP? As in, is it you know 16, 16 against sixteen? Yeah. 32, 32 or it's tw- it's twenty four for big team battle. Otherwise, it's mm. um, uh, yeah sixteen versus sixteen, or or it's uh, four versus four normally. Cool. Yeah. Nice, nice. And, and it works. It's like it's you were constantly have encounters in the team in the, in the big team battle and you're not overwhelmed and, yeah, then, yeah, and, yeah. and then the other the other maps are for what for four versus four is perfect as well they they, they 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 know how to make that kind of stuff i've been doing it for years so that works quite well um yeah, th- there was a, one of the, the one of the the big team battles has got a, a loot box thing so on the <laughs> o, o, on the map in the middle of both sides you go up to a a panel and you have like this ai the ai drops on on the panel it works on it for like 20 seconds the door open and then there will be like a one of the heavy weapons like a a rocket launcher or the gravity hammer and then you walk around it and then you, it takes you up a up a stairway up to a higher platform then you jump out on the map but it, it's like a loot cave <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's really a cool it's cool. and the items in their train so it's, yeah, it's encouraging to see the multiplayer looks in fairly good shape from what i've seen myself and what Jay's kind of like, you know, he's he's waxing a little bit <laughs> yeah, more. So he just he, he clearly <laughs> loves the game. It's free, guys. Just go and play it. It's free. Yeah, it's free. I think uh, definitely, definitely, uh, definitely on my list of things to download soon uh, and start playing. But yeah, I think if they if they get the reward and progression stuff sorted, like the like the battle pass and other things, 
think I think it sounds like it's got a really good future. Almost mm. perfection. Yeah, yeah almost they're, perfection. They're, they've got the I forgot his name now, the, the the one of the old bungee guys to come back. Um I think Jason He's the creative lead on it, isn't he now? Yeah, um I've got his name now, three uh Staten. Joel is it yeah, Joel. Joel uh, Staten. Yeah, Joe Staten. Yeah. So, so, so Joe is is one of the he he would he worked on Halo and a few games before before with Bungie back in the day, and then I think he worked on Destiny, but had a, was part of the dispute and left before Destiny released. But having him at the helm is 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 he he knows what he's doing. You know, he he wrote some of the original stories within Halo. He knows what Halo is. The fact that he came in uh, last year, and they've got the multiplayer in its state that it is, and he's hanging around, gives me confidence that they, 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 they and he's made the hard decisions of uh, co-op's gone back even further. Um, the I forgot the name of the the customization uh, feature. Um, Forge has also been pushed back, and that if they push things back and they're producing a solid product like this, I, I don't mind because how many how many I mean. I mean, look at Battlefield. It's a complete, <laughs> complete mess. Call of yeah. Duty, complete mess. So Halo landing this world multiplayer and being free to play, I, I, it is timings worked out really well. They just need to get, get the battle pass. I, I think it's a sign of the times, really. I, I think you can. I mean, I've, we said it in the last podcast, but I think you're going to see more and more of this. I, I just, I just get the impression that this is the route people are going to go as games get more complex, and you get to a point where you have to drop the game because without you dropping the game no one's making any or recouping their investment no one's making any money um and invariably there's going to be a lot of pissed off people so it's a it's a i just forget the sense you're going to see more and more of this um I, 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 without going off on a tangent i i i think the it's happened too much recently in the last few years that it's impacting brands i, I mean battlefield has flopped a few times i think they're finished now I, I i would say they could probably turn this game around but no one's going to trust them again now i mean look at look, look at look. i do i do wonder though if it if it kind of um let's say affects people like us who've been gaming a long time and we kind of had this kind of um you know we remember what games used to be hmm. right gold was when when a game went gold hmm. it was gold but now it's a, it's a different sort of world now, and everything you know, you know, it, it's um, it's far more connected. It takes lots more money and people, and there's a far more complexity in games. And there's a get out of jail card, which is patches and downloads of those patches. You know, I, ju- I just think if this is the trend going forward, and everybody's doing it, the next generation of gamers, this is all they'll know. <laughs> if you know what I mean. They won't. They won't remember what, what it was like for a, for a game to. But, don't, but don't, don't you think their attention span is shorter? They'll just bounce off and never come back. But that's the reality of games these days, because there's so many games. You know, I think there is a shorter attention span. Generally, you you've got to be an absolute marquee player. It's just a, you know, a god game almost to retain the kind of retention span you, you get. That we had in the old days. I sound like I said an old old dude, but that's you know that's reality. And I think you've got so much choice these days that you know. And, and again, it's the the model people are following now with you know a gaming as a service and a platform. Yeah, by all means, bounce off for a little bit. 
apply a patch or an update, marketing machine spins up, yeah, back the, you come. We talked about it before, didn't we? We talked about dark theory about about some of it yeah. being purposeful. I, but I, I think there's a, it's it, it's like you know I think Halo multiplayer has got the right a balance of well let's imagine they did it purposefully right <laughs> it's got it's got the sandbox is yeah, solid yeah. The, they, they they messed up the battle pass and and the the, the reward structure is, is really bad purposely done and they can tune it up that way they they can set their expectation that we are going to charge for, for some of these items right um and, and, we'll, and, we'll, and we'll bring it back to a nice place and, and then we've got a nice roadmap of things we're going to release next year to bring people back co-op and forge and and, and new game yeah, modes and, and it, it fills out their roadmap when they're going to probably publish in january and, and that works well for them um but yeah just kind of i, I was going to ask are, are you, are you, uh have i do you think i've hyped it enough that you guys are going to download it tonight or tomorrow <laughs> well I, I, yeah i was going to download it anyway but yeah <laughs> but i, I think i think for, for, again i mean for me i, I definitely i'm definitely going to want to play it but you know going going back to the state of kind of a uh, Halo multiplayer. I don't think Microsoft or Xbox could afford for this thing mm. to be bad. I, I don't think it's a question of sales. It's a bit more of a mindshare sort of a play. And the fact that when it they first kind of showed it off, there was a lot of negativity around it. Yeah, and uh, on on the you know early days of a of a new platform, and one of that platforms. Don't get me wrong. It's not about the Xbox console per se will be about Game Pass yeah they gotta they gotta build some goodwill here yeah if you know what I mean it's you know it's it's gotta be good and you know what you say about Halo Halo has lost a lot of um, of its sheen over the years for one reason or another but Halo's the Mario of Xbox, no matter what you, you no matter what you think about it, it is you just can't yeah. mess this up. You know what I mean? You've got to give it some love. And talking about love, before I, you know, I get too deep in campaign-wise, obviously we're we're, we're going to. I think we're going to see that eight December, right? Uh, but the, and I think there's less the, information. Some about of the, but uh, quite a few of the publishers have already played the first four missions, and they're all mm. pretty positive about it. They're, they're more confident than they were because it was a black hole <laughs> and yeah 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 they say that the level design and the semi-open world and the narrative seems to be good but but you've seen that in sort of games the first couple of levels are good then it just tanks after that but uh mm, but yeah yeah the yeah, fact yeah. that they've let so many people play it already is a, is a positive sign um Again, if if it doesn't land that well, the fact that they've got a solid sandbox, which is going to translate again into the PVE, you know, it's, it's fine. I, I, they've got a platform here for the next ten years, so that, that that's encouraging. Um, yeah, and I've heard the sandbox does translate, you know, to the campaign. You know, so you're getting all you're getting all of that. Well, most of what you see in the kind of multiplayer, you know, yeah. kind of come across. Frame rate solid. So, I mean, I, know, I'm playing on the Xbox Series X. Um, I he I've heard during the betas that the PC was probably the, the least performant, and it and it got better within one week. They actually custom they, they they tweaked the 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 weapon balance and improved the performance in one week between the betas, which was which was quite good. That, that's encouraging. Uh, but I think I think the Xbox Series X is the most performant. There's hardly any slowdown. Uh, the, 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 there are a, 
couple of moments for split seconds where if you're using some of the bigger weapons and it's reloading it's a minor hitch but other than that it's 60 frames solid 4k it's mm. it's really really good and i'm sure yeah. the pc they'll bring it back up to if it's slightly less less performant than, than that um i think it was hitting around 60 on like top end graphics card not 60 90 frames per second or, or kind of a top spec on, on the gra- on the good good really high-end pc graphics which is not really good enough it should be like at least 120 <laughs> as a bare minimum but but the optimization will fix all of that but yeah on the xbox series x solid solid yeah. performance yeah, I, I just hope I just hope that the uh, campaign's going to be, you know, super stellar. Because at the end of the day, I mean, you you kind of like associate campaign mm. with with Halo. I mean, the campaign in the first kind of few games was just amazing. So you kind of want more, a little bit more of that. And yet you're almost kind of uh, talking about it's almost two distinct games. It is, yeah. It, it, the way it we will kind be. of you know yeah, people it are covering be. it. You think of PvP versus PvE. So. It, it will be. It will be the the. Yeah. the the other menus, they are fast, they're rapid. That, that That's really good. And, and connectivity into a game, solid, doesn't take long. Obviously, Microsoft has got Azure, so they're dedicated servers, which you don't, which you don't get on yeah, Destiny. Yeah. I, I've been playing a lot of, in the last couple of weeks, uh, Couch Smash Brothers <laughs> with, my, <laughs> with, with my siblings, and I've just completely forgotten how much fun that is. And that, we, were, we were playing six, six player Smash Brothers, and Halo free to play multi it's got multiplayer it's got four player split screen so um I, I was searching to see many videos of people actually using it there's only been, I've only seen a screenshot on on Twitter um, but I want to see how performant that is but mm. if it performs well I'm going to get two more controllers mm. <laughs> it, I, I, the game yeah, is yeah. that good totally that I'm willing to give Microsoft the money uh, and I might only occasionally play it but it's worth it it's Halo yeah, I mean that was that whole f- you know full screen split split screen multiplayer mode back in the day was amazing. You're t- so much fun with it. I do miss those, you know, like uh, you know getting everybody into you know in- onto the couch into a room and then just get gaming together. I mean, obviously everything's kind of re- remote these days, but you know nothing beats kind of staring your enemy in the <laughs> eye. Exactly. Yeah, I'm not in any rush just yet. I think. Um... I think, I, I think I've had a, like a, a, lull, a long lull period of kind of how should say first-person shooter PvP. So I think the last one I really played was Apex. Um, so um, I've, I've definitely been off it uh, for quite some time. Yeah, well, uh, Halo Infinite might be <laughs> well, that I'm, game. I'm looking forward to when we can play together at some point. Yeah. 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 Might be the game that finally pushes me to get a, a series. <laughs> if, if you X can get hold of one. You know. <laughs> yeah, that's the other thing. It's like you know. There's, there's not a lot of them about. I mean, I think that's the other thing. I mean, like with um, with X, Xbox and Microsoft having what seems to be a clear run up towards Christmas. I mean, they're, they're the ones who are really bringing the the big guns out just before Christmas. Yeah. How how do you how do you how do you think that will affect the perception of the console? I mean, do you, do you think that will help with sales? Or obviously, if they can find the console, or is this just you know? It's just what's expected as ex- as an Xbox fan, as a Microsoft fan. This is what you're expecting. You know what I mean? Like Halo comes out, whether it comes out Christmas, spring, autumn, or whatever. You know, you're buying it. I I, I think uh, I mean we, on this on, on this podcast, we we all like different types of game. We probably got still more of a uh, a preference towards first person shooters, but we like different stuff. 
I think a lot of the youth like you know first person shooters is is the FIFA or first person shooters is is what people go after, and I can imagine a lot of youngsters wanting to get this. I think I think they're gonna they're, they're I don't think it's going to affect their sales short term because you can't get hold of a console. <laughs> but I, I, I yeah, can imagine the reality next reason. year, this is this is going to drive some significant brand brand awareness and people considering moving to the to the Xbox. Um, and for me, I'm looking for an excuse to get to get Game Pass. This gives me if the campaign mm. is good, and we've got we've got Horizon Five, which is reviewed ten out of ten really well. Um, and then you know Starfield next year. Uh, there's a Redfall as well by Arcane. I'm just looking for excuses to buy the Game Pass. <laughs> yeah, and there's there's all this other kind of indie stuff on it as well. There's there's plenty of stuff to be had exactly. there. And just the one last thing, right? I when I first I'm holding up a Xbox controller. Um, I, I didn't quite like this controller when I first held it because I, <laughs> I I think the PS5 is quite good. But when you start playing this with Halo. It, it 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 is a solid controller. It really oh, it, it is. Yeah, it yeah. really is. And, and um, yeah. um, I, I just think the setup of of of, of the actual sticks, where it, where it's not you know not on the same actual. Uh... The side yeah, yeah. thing to it, it isn't it, it, it's like... a solid controller. I I really enjoy playing on it. Definitely. I don't know if there's much more to say about Halo because I think we're we're a bit more <laughs> haloed out as much as I can see. Right. So like, I I think I've got to say like look. Halo looks as if that, yeah, it could be infinite, right? I mean, there's inf- certainly infinite possibilities in terms of what uh, Microsoft and Xbox can do with it. You know, at least you know for the the ten year roadmap they're talking about, um, and it's it's come out. You know, it's definitely come out all guns blazing, which is you know which is good for everybody interested in kind of like um, first person shooters. Xbox looks as if they've got a winner on their hands, so. I the think sentiment's changing. I think for Xbox, I actually I think it's worked in their favour over the last year because the expectations were low. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's all, that's very true. But that's everybody likes the underdog, right? So you know, what I mean, it's uh, you know, everybody likes to fight back. That's for sure. Especially the fight back of a very kind of beloved, you know, like franchise in that OP. So guys, look. With that said, I think it's time to move on to our next topic. So guys, the next topic we want to talk about is the Genshin Impact Anniversary. So I think what I'll do for this one, as Al's <laughs> the only person that really plays the game, is I'm just going to mm. toss it over to him. Yeah, cool. Thanks, Joe. Yeah, there's, um, I don't know if you guys have been keeping an eye on it, but obviously I've been talking about it a lot on the podcast, but it's a very successful game. And I think uh, basically they're part of a bigger company that... Um, you know, Mihoyo essentially are the company that, that essentially created Genshin Impact. But they've also created a number of games in the past as well, and actually a few of them are still active. And what people do is with these types of games is that they do sort of comparisons as to, oh, it's coming up to its, its anniversary. You know, they expect these kind of lots of free gifts, lots of free things. And, and basically, you know, when, it, when I think it kind of crossed over in September 28th, there was a few kind of announcements, but they were pretty rubbish in general. So basically what happened was, I think Genshin has gone to this really strange mode of getting getting fans, getting players to, to do things on 
uh, on Twitter, on Facebook, on, on social media, essentially. You know, do art competitions, and only a subset of those people would then win, you know, kind of gems or, or things to be able to roll for items within within the game. And even then, it was quite stingy. And then, obviously, there'd be one that you make, uh, like a um, some AirPods or something. Um, but, yeah, basically, um, uh, I think off the back of the anniversary, people were just up in arms and saying, no, this is rubbish, this is rubbish, and, you know... <laughs> what quickly happened then was review bombing. So all over, all over Reddit, you know, uh, Metacritic, um, you can call it Steam Store, you know, the Google Play Store, the iOS Store, literally one-star reviews, <laughs> just <laughs> absolutely spamming them down. Um, and it's just, you got to think that, you know, is it the player base? Should they really be doing that um, and that sort of stuff? Do they do they feel entitled to do that? Because it's because I guess what the company is doing is that they're not giving you these free items because they consider it as money that you wouldn't spend in the game if you got that free item. Yeah, I think people were just up in arms at that point, and I was I was already thinking, I hope they would do something, but they didn't really do anything, and they allowed this review bombing to happen. They did temper some expectations afterwards. They did actually give some some additional free things later on, which was supposed to have been part of another sort of concert uh, thing that they were kind of running. Uh, but instead of doing it as a bundle package that you'd have to pay for, they kind of gave it free over a week uh, or so as part of the anniversary. But that was kind of a damage control, if anything, um, which kind of stems. Yeah, it sounds like too too little, too late sort of scenario. Yeah, really, and it? I don't know. I think I've also had that kind of period of. Uh, I was a bit. I was a bit. I've actually stopped playing Genshin quite a bit now recently. So I've only played it maybe once a week uh, in in more recent days. Um, I mean, back in the back when I was playing it properly, it was, it was literally every day. Because there was daily rewards, you'd have to log in and go and do stuff, just to keep up with um, the sort of free content. But yeah, I've kind of given up on, on that stuff, and then behind the scenes, even after that, you know, they've been doing patches, they've been doing releases, some some, been, some bits have been successful, some, some bits have been quite good. Um, but then I think there's now another lull period, um, and then <laughs> this thing I kind of added on in the, in the title, um, it's known as the KFC Wings. Um, so what happened was is that um, mm. they did a collab in China, and they've done this with kind of quite a few other games, where um, the game essentially collabs with KFC. It's part of a KFC bucket bundle, <laughs> and you'd have all the sort of characters on the bucket. You'd get a code on the lid yeah. to go and download some. This was this was the KFC Wings, so you get these wings <laughs> that allow you to glide. Um, <laughs> and and what happened was this was really successful in China. Um, and this was really early. This feels like six months ago, if not if not earlier. And what would happen is is that there'd be people queuing up to get these KFC buckets. You know, on on release day, I think there were these pictures and videos of you know kind of like Deliveroo drivers with like ten buckets <laughs> trying to balance on a scooter. <laughs> like, a, like a game game release day where people are queuing up yeah. for a game release, but it's actually for KFC buckets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and I think the worst things I heard was like either people camping overnight to get to the get to the front of the queue to get to the KFC, wow. or literally be in the queue for five hours just to go and purchase the bucket to get the code. Uh, and Al, what was the what was the reason for you to stop playing? Was it were you almost like looking for an excuse to not to, and this gave uh, it to you, or or were you <laughs> actually I, I think... really miffed by what they've done, whether they overstretching and being greedy? Uh, yeah, I think it was a combination of that kind of things. Is that I've also been because I've also been playing another kind of similar game, 
the rewards on it for my time is significantly better. Which is why Genshin, I'm feeling like, I'm not, you know, it's not really giving me that much. It's deliberately doing it to a level where I think it wants you, it wants you to spend. The only way you can get the things that you want is to spend. If you get some mm. context around it, Genshin Impact is an absolute commercial mm. success. And I'm going to read numbers that they grossed over $2 billion in yep. the first year of release. And it's uh, a game that, let's say, is $200 million a year yeah, to develop. And- and, and, that, and that's the thing. I think that's what pisses the players the most. It's such a success. It's like number one in sales across however all the different mobile formats, etc. And they were stingy on anniversary rewards. You're just like, why? Why, guys? Um, and, oh, sorry, and this KFC one, right? Whilst it was in China, it meant the rest of the world didn't ha- couldn't, couldn't get access to it. So what happened was, more recently, was that they did, <laughs> for the rest of the globe, they released it as a collab with Twitch. But what would happen is is that you needed to subscribe, not using Prime subscription, you'd have to subscribe properly to a Genshin streamer on this collab, and you have to do it twice. So you'd spend £10 or $10, whatever it is, to a Twitch streamer to get the KFC wings. <laughs> so people, I think people were expecting to get it for free. So then what happens was is that they were up in arms saying, I would much prefer spending on a KFC bucket <laughs> than spending on a Twitch streamer. <laughs> yeah, I, I uh, just, as, uh, I mean, I'm just trying to relate this to my world because mm. I play Destiny probably as much as you play Genshin, right? And they've got an anniversary coming out at Christmas mm. and and they've, they've, they've done the same as what you're sort of calling out with, with Genshin where they've just given nothing, mm. right? I think all of these companies are just, they just get too greedy. Yeah. Yeah, and that they do it consciously because they know they can get away with mm, it. Mm. And sometimes, you know, bad news is still good news. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. because because it, 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 it just feels like they could have yeah. done with the goodwill, right? Like, I mean, that's probably one of the few, one of the few reasons that I've kind of stopped playing is that they're just too stingy about it. I'm kind of done, really. Yeah, well, Al, if you keep making two billion dollars a year to help, yeah, it's it's true. You're giving them that power, not you mm. specifically, but the player base is giving them that that power to behave like this. So you know, obviously, I've always said like companies mm-hmm. are not for us, mm-hmm. as in they're not for us. They're for the the P and L and the bottom line. In the balance sheet, but it's a ba- it's a, ba- yeah. it's a balance, mm-hmm. though, isn't it? Because I think what what Al is yeah. saying is that they could enhance their P and L or or have continuity on the P and L or profit, I'd say, if they get the balance yeah. right. And the type of people that pay RPGs are normally people who are reasonably switched on. They're not like your dumb people that play FIFA or of Call of Duty. You can't really pull the wall over their people's <laughs> eyes. Y- yes, there'll be a subset, but generally people who like play those kind of games, you use a lot of time investment. You've got to understand deep mechanics. You've got to understand yeah. the bigger picture. Your brain works in a mm. certain way. So you see a company coming a mile a mile away if if they're trying to trying to trying to shaft you. Yeah. But does your brain work in a way in which you say, "Oh, well, stop playing"? Well, that's what I've done with games. No, that's the, that's, that's the that, thing, that, isn't that, it? That's, yeah. that's the problem, that's the isn't problem, it? I mean, is. yeah, they know that as well. Yeah. So, and De- De- Destiny, Destiny's the same. Where I've paid for a year pass and four seasons last year and because of covid they're only giving us three seasons and then the fourth season is an anniversary pass 
and you've got to pay for it. <laughs> and and I, I, everyone's going to pay for mm. it because they're throwing in a dungeon, and that dungeon in Destiny is you know reasonably like solid pieces of content, um, and, and everyone's kind of content poor, <laughs> um, but they've packaged it uh, with the next year's DLC to get the best price. So. <laughs> They've kind of done. They've kind of like look here, but here, and then they'll slip it in there when you're not even looking. <laughs> but but that's the thing. I've like like okay. So with Genshin, and, and you're right, Jay. It's it's about that kind of retention of the PNL because I've literally not spent a penny on it since since that that debacle. I've literally not spent anything. And I've been watching the KFC one happen more recently. I was like, that's another. That's just another example of them being <laughs> being greedy about it. Um, you could argue supporting a Twitch streamer. A smaller Twitch streamer is a good thing for the Twitch streamer, but even so, you know, it's just like one of those things they could have done again on goodwill. Balance is key to any of this. Balance is really, really key. But is it also an, an element of gamers being re-entitled? Yeah, but that was the review bombing angle, right? You know, should should they really expect this from a company that should be making money? I, yeah, I don't know. It's a difficult one. It's a hard mm. one. You know, it's always balance, but I mean, it's... Uh... You know, you know, you can. You see this company is basically investing hundreds of millions a year to develop this game, mm. run this game operationally, as well as change it and patch it and produce new content. Um, and then it's a free to play, right? Yep. It's kind of a free to play. Yep. So, but obviously they're microtransactions of some sort. Okay, so they're they're making their their money that way. And then on the other hand, because of that, all that's happening. The players expecting kind of like um, free content yeah, yeah. almost giveaways. It's not really unreasonable, especially. But with is it is, is it rational though? I don't know. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? To, to me, Based on everything that that's, that's because yeah. that's because I've spent a decent amount on it as well. I'm thinking like, come on, you've got to do something to keep mm. keep me going on this. Like, there's just there's just nothing really. So I don't know. I'm on the camp that that kind of says the balance must be maintained. Mm, mm. Given they earn the money they're earning, they should have pushed out something that was free. Mm. Yeah, something that was free. But equally, there's nothing in a contract saying they got no, to no, do no, that. No, 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 exactly. And this is this is why it was interesting when I when I switched over to I guess someone else playing it in parallel, punishing Grey Raven. That one, that one, the rewards on it are so much better. And I and I'm and I'm probably been lucky that my brother's kind of shown me towards that, and uh, I'm still happy with that one. I'm still playing that quite regularly. Yes, I, I don't know what to think. If you know what I mean. On the one hand, I'm thinking, you know, you, you, you kind of evil, scrupulous kind of like <laughs> corporate entity, you. And on the other hand, I'm thinking, you idiot gamer. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I don't know I what know. to think. It's, it's, it's kind it's of like be... has to be somewhere in the middle, surely. I mean, but I just. How does a game work? Is it mostly the 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 environments and maps stay the same, but they add more. Uh, it's moves characters. and magic and yeah. loot, or, or, or characters and kind of it's, it's more <coughs> equipment right, sets okay. and so, weapons so, and stuff. Yeah. Okay, right. Because the the cosmetic stuff, I in my eyes, is, is the easiest stuff for them yeah. to make. It doesn't cost Ricks. them that much, right? So you know, my view is that that they they could have given some cosmetic stuff free at the same time. Have a celebration and have a right. some characters mm. release at the same time. It's the best of both worlds, yeah, right? Just, I mean, just some I simple. Mean, did they even celebrating? Did they even celebrate um, the game? 
Did they even well, yeah, celebrate they, the game? They, they had these, well, this was the thing, these contests, these anniversary contests where certain mm. people could go and win stuff. But then it's kind of, it's kind of a dirty tactic, right? It's getting the fan base. It's getting, it's getting the people to do all the work to advertise, to do almost all the marketing and social media stuff, and only to get poxy rewards. <laughs> By all means, let the community kind of like be your cheerleaders, <laughs> yeah. but you know, give them something back. Mm. I mean, you know, I, you know, I, I talk about Warframe as almost as much as you know uh, Jay talks about Destiny, right? <laughs> But in, in, in Warframe, in terms of cosmetics, they, they've got almost a, um, an internal economy mm. with that thing, where you have the players designing actually cosmetics in, you know, costumes, or if you, if you want to call them that, for the actual Warframes. Mm, mm. But I think the players get rewarded for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll get recognition. They'll get cut. It's the same like Valve did with, um, was it Team Fortress and I, can't, I don't think they did it for Counter Strike, but they definitely did it for Team Fortress, where you could you can kind of craft and create items and sell it on it, and then you get a cut uh, yeah, of the item. That's right. And actually, Dota that's did right. that too. If you if you had a a submitted set cosmetic set that was then eventually on a uh, on a treasure chest selection, then you'd get a, you'd get a, you'd get royalties essentially a, a cut of you know the sales that go towards it. I mean, did. Uh- Go ahead, Jay. Oh, yeah. I was, I was going to say, I was just watching a video yesterday as I'm looking mm. at cryptos and NFTs and NFT gaming. Mm. There's a really popular game called Axie Infinity, which is the mm. most popular NFT game, and they've they've got a. It, it, it's kind of like a Pokemon kind of game, and it, it, someone described it. It's like a Pokemon <laughs> with a Tamagotchi. Mm. <laughs> Interesting. Mixed together, so you you've got like a mm. breeding element to it, right? And then you got you got you got battles, but. I was watching a video and uh, they've created jobs for people in the real world where they do breeding in the game and mm. they live off that. <laughs> I, 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 I can't remember which country it was, but it, it wasn't a very affluent country. And people actually be able to feed their families uh, and they've built an economy around that. And, uh, you know, I think that's where a lot of these games are heading where, because they get, they get, that's yeah. the way to fix it, isn't it? It's, it's to have, have, a, have an economy where it helps everybody. People want to just bounce, jump in, not hardcore, free to play. You want a bit more, buy some cosmetics and DLC. Great. Um, you, 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 you want to turn it into a job? <laughs> you make money off it, here you go, right? Yeah. Um, it's a perpetual world. Yeah, and if, so why not have an yeah. economy? If you can sustain it like that, then exactly, it's, it's almost like self-sufficient <laughs> off the back of that, right? Yeah. That's right. And you, you're making somebody happy. <laughs> Yes. And you, you know, you, yeah, some 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 of the haters will disappear mm-hmm. overnight. You know what I mean? So why not? Exactly. And interesting, what you're saying about a Warframe. You're saying they've got a UI where it allows the community to create cosmetics. I'm not sure. I don't think it's a UI. They're probably like a workshop uh, tool or something that they can. Yeah, yeah something. It, but I, I just like a, mod- yeah, a modder. Like yeah, that, like you a know the end game. Like the end game of Warframe is being coined fashion frame. <laughs> Because it's right. you know obviously the you know the characters are highly customizable, so and, but, but yeah you yeah, you but and, they're, and they, they they're churning out new new kind of costumes and items all the time. So you have the community kind of contributing to that, and as I understand it, they were kind of like making something out of it, you know as well. It's it's, it's kind of weird, for, you know, for kind of Genshin right that I mean for a ca- I mean Genshin what is it's kind of like it's kind of like Zelda Wind Waker. Yeah. As much as I understand it, Zelda yeah. Wind Waker with more characters, more weapons, yeah. more kind of sets, I guess, elemental sets. 
Yeah, I mean, did did they even allow, let's say, the community to to design their own character? No, not really, not really. Wow, that's that's so boring. Yeah, but that's <laughs> what I mean. That's, <laughs> like, that's like, why it's kind of a weird one, and they've done all this strange getting people to share stuff on Facebook, Twitter, well, do art contests on it, and all that sort of stuff. Which is, in a way, I can understand. I can understand the hate because so, it's it's the anniversary, and what we're gonna do do for you. Is we are going to allow, yeah, we're going to allow you to be another kind of you know part of our marketing machine. You will basically market our game for us. Oh, I, I, How about I that? Got, there Thank was, you. There's a good part as well because it was a, an art contest. There was a lot of pictures yeah. that basically just had a middle finger. <laughs> <laughs> do, do, do you think they're going to recover from this? No. I think they will, based on what I'm seeing in terms of content-wise. There's basically lots of people are skipping the middle bit. There's droughts. I suspect their revenue numbers would slowly decline unless they do something to improve that kind of cycle. Um, I think that's the only way they're going to really kind of be pushed into action almost. Yeah, yeah. They can see a visible blip in, in, in the numbers like that. But it's, it's kind of sad to see that, if you know what I mean. It's just like exactly. speaks to a, yeah. a very unethical organization almost. It, it's just, you know... I mean, look, you, you don't expect big companies, companies who are making that sort of money, just to hand out dosh. Mm. And say, here you go, you know. <laughs> but it, it's kind of like, do you have to be such a blatant, you know, you have to be so blatantly greedy <laughs> at the same time? I mean, are you going to, are you going to even pretend that you're not? Yeah, but I don't know. It's also because, I guess, maybe there's also a difference, I think, in the reactions that you get from the global player base versus the China player base, I guess. Um, yeah, so. The ones you get in China are—that's where most of their money is being made. Actually, it's the—it's the—it's the players in China, not the—not the global side. But I think it's the global side that can see these tactics and just saying, "No, this is not." This I is suspect not great. that the uh, the community outside of um, China are a little bit more vocal as well. They—they mm. they let they let it be known of you know um, that you know they're dissatisfied quite quickly. I feel, yeah. I feel there was once where the China Genshin kind of player base we're up in arms but that was based on the a, a character's power level basically they thought it was underwhelming and I, and I think they were saying also that they felt duped because when they were demoing it it was much more powerful than it is now so they said that this is they they nerfed him they wanted a buff and and actually they quickly did react and actually had buffed the character but then people were up in arms saying well I didn't get the character because it was underwhelming and now you've buffed it, and I don't can't even get there. No, you can't. That stuff is mm. fine. It, it's uh, it's very hard to balance these complex games, mm. right? Complex yeah. systems, complex games, too many audiences. But coming back to the original uh, theme of the discussion, I hope they learn from it because it's clearly a wrong and bad move, yeah, right? Yeah, but I just—I'd like, I'd like to many see people have made before wrong. Mm. Yeah, I'd like to see if they did learn anything from this. So it sounds like they tried to appease some of the fans. It, it just—it's just kind of like you know what they're going to do next because you know it's a you know a lot of these serve you know games as a service need to be sustainable mm. more than anything. Um, so it's it's just kind of like you know is it gonna is it gonna adjust the culture of the organisation? Is there gonna be a, a bit of a change here? Yeah, no, probably less less so. I think I think the, I think they probably look after their employees. They look after um, 
the people are actually doing the work for them. It's just their player base they don't seem to be quite as. Oh, that's the yeah, that's the other side of it. Yeah. You know, that's a very important part of your eco- ecosystem. There's no two ways about it. You know what I mean? Yep. You know, yep. you have to feed the beast, don't you? You give you give it just feed enough. Feed it. <laughs> <laughs> nour- nourish, <laughs> nourish that beast. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and and I just wanted to say something on that. I. I Again, I can only speak from my my experience with Destiny because it's probably a game I haven't played in this sphere as much. But what they've done, they if they've lowered the expectations of the customer base to a sustainable level for their internal teams, but also the beast is, <laughs> you know, when it's being overfed, it, it just wants more and correct. more and more. That's also correct. It doesn't it, it doesn't it doesn't get overfed and like, well, okay, mm-hmm. I'm full for a bit and. I want to take a break. He yeah. just wants to keep on eating, and that's not sustainable, is it? So, it's pure um, gluttony. Yeah, exactly. So, and to be honest, when you like with anything, you have the balance. You you tend to enjoy it more, and having a break from a game is healthy for the player base, yeah. the company, and everybody as well. And it sounds like Genshin's going to. And this is one example, but this is all normal growing pains of, of this mm. type of RP, RPG game, isn't it? It's just oh. um, that Diablo's probably <laughs> gone through many times before and, and probably written the rule book. Um, but it's interesting to see. I, 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 I find I struggle because there's so much history in these type of games. I struggle to see that these guys don't consciously make these moves to either purposefully create a bit of a dip so then we, we, we we've got content coming will come it'll, it'll, mm-hmm. it will make it the, the the ramp up seem even better or we want to lower their expectations purposely because we want to i don't know have the bandwidth let the players ways go players go low the expectation we've got another game coming out i really believe with these companies making these, these this much money that they're not that inch they're not that disconnected from the, what the customer really wants. Psychologically, I, I mean, they, they know how the customer reacts and behaves, I feel. And I, yes. I, I equally think that it's probably, you know, pe- people who are listening to this, they'd probably hate it. But it's probably smart to basically let some of your kind of player mm-hmm. base moan. Let, let the negativity wash over you for a little bit. But then, after that's happened, you come in like a knight in shining armor, you know, and then that has a, a, an effect of mm. number one, right? You seem like a good Samaritan. You you come coming across. The, I'm listening to the fans now. Yep. Yeah, and then you know everybody's kind of like washing away, you know, what happened before because finally we're being listened to. <laughs> I sound very kind of, you know, like you know, conspiracy no, no, theory you're, kind you're, of you're, you're right. You're you're hundred percent right. The the, the the top the topic the first topic or the, uh, that we talk about, which was Halo, they delayed the game. They <laughs> were, they got ripped. The brand took a dive. Now that the game's more well, multiplayer bit is good, they're like heroes. Correct. They made the right decision Correct. for the gamer. Correct. People have got short memories. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's only what's important to them right now. Exactly. And and I'll fix that battle pass for you. Just yeah, you know, they'll just fix that. Time. I'm sure. I'm sure there's, they're gonna. They've probably got plans to fix it. You know what I mean? They've got a roadmap of fixes. You know. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> as long as it's not as big as Cyberpunk. Yeah, probably not. That that's almost kind of like 
A little bit unfixable. It's like a roadmap to nowhere. <laughs> okay, guys. With all that said, and us giving Genshin a bit of an impact as well, if you like. Okay. I think it's time to move on to our next topic. So guys, the next topic we want to get into is basically China locking down gaming for 16-year-olds. Mm. Which is something I never never thought I'd ever see, but it's happened. And I think quite a, quite a big step, really. And quite a play, I mean, you know, politically, obviously, you know, quite a power play, definitely. Mm. But I mean, I just want to get your thoughts on it. I mean, it, you know... Is it yeah. a good thing, bad thing? Why do you think we? Why do you think it's really come about? Yeah, and just to be, just to be yeah clear on it, I think it was what was it? Is is it's limited to like is it one hour one hour a week or something? One hour a week. It's three hours. It's three hours. I think a week. Mm. When I looked it up, uh, but three hours a week for gaming is pretty much next to nothing. Mm. That's the reality. Mm. That's no RPGs then. Yeah, no RPGs. <laughs> yeah, definitely no RPGs. Uh, yeah. Only Halo. Yeah, probably <laughs> only casual games or something like that. Yeah. So, guys, I yeah. just wanted to get your thoughts on it. I mean, like, uh, is it, I mean, is this something that could happen in the West? Let's say, no chance. It's Prob- yeah, yeah. Go on, Jay. You go first. Oh, I, I could, you know, I I could talk uh, <laughs> ages on this topic, but <laughs> just the, the headlines for me is it makes sense for China and the the way that China wants to run this country is up to them and I think it's fine right if you take a western view it's like whoa that's bad and I don't want yep. that to happen in the western part of the world I, I, I don't think it will um, or it won't anytime soon <laughs> I, I, I think it is healthy for kids especially when you, you when you're under 16 it makes sense right Be, because you're not you're not in control of your your, your mind when you were at that sort of age. <laughs> and the other element, just very quickly, we can speak a bit about this in a bit more detail, is from what I understand is that the the games people play, the algorithms and the code is dictating Western behaviours. <laughs> and I think that's what where they're fundamentally worried about because that's not in line with that, what they... What they, what they what they want to do and it's part of a bigger narrative what i understand of the battle of the algorithms you know how they run their social media and how they they that they uh, the algorithms that support their e-commerce platforms and whatnot and their news is part of that where does china want to take their organization uh, country sorry um and yeah i don't like it uh but i understand why they're doing it and i don't want it <laughs> Mm-hmm. That's kind of where I'm at. Yeah, I mean, I think I agree with 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 your kind of views around it. You know, hap- it happening in the West very unlikely based on combination of freedom type angles around it. Would you go? You know, you could argue is it protection around game addiction? Then maybe, but would you go as full draconian as three hours a week? You know, that sounds pretty. That sounds massive. <laughs> you know, in terms of how limited, yeah, you know, how limited that is for a for a child to kind of go and play, and it does make you then wonder because because what it will do is you'll you there's no chance of getting like a Fortnite you know champion out of China, you know there's there's no chance of them playing 
those sorts of games and building the ability to 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 get to those kind of very high levels. Like, like I just think like Dota, no chance. They're never going to have a you know the good good teams and champions again. I think if that they keep them. Um, yeah, only matter if esports became kind of fully in the public eye, and mm. one day it made its way into the Olympics. Mm. I'm not, I'm not sure it's a, it's a factor right now. It'll, it'll get there, yeah. won't it? I think it will get to the Olympics. At some point. At some point. You could see it. Do, yeah, do there's you... already really big money in you know in the esports. It's really yeah. audience though, really, more than money. Mm. So, you know, the audiences get big enough, then, you know, why not? If, if you think about where China is in terms of its economy and, and the type of workers it needs, the last thing it needs is people that are, are, are addicted to, to games... And dare I say, using their brain. I'm <laughs> correct if I'm wrong, and this might be ignorant. But the, the the more it's more the factory, the mass population for working factories and producing products. That that's where it's at. It, but it's fast, rapidly growing out of that. And I can imagine mm-hmm. the next fifty years, they'll have more knowledge workers uh, and strategic thinkers and flying to the other side of the moon, <laughs> latest gadgets. The AI must be mind blowing, but mm. we don't, we can't see. Um, yeah, and that's and they are, yeah, they they are spending lots and lots of money in those sort of kind of spaces. Although they are, you know, um, I think I was mentioning to yourselves kind of offline a bit around this sort of stuff. But they're they're still suffering from some of the growth pains of of you know of their own area. You know, the latest gadgets. You know property pro- property issues and all sorts of things you know we've seen um evergrande uh, um that's been on the news still hasn't finished they do have growing issues um they're in there yeah no 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 doubt no doubt but you know is is this whole ban thing is it is it um is it china trying to look after the youth or is it china trying to exert control hmm. and maybe not over the youth maybe they're trying to exert control over the, the businesses that produce the games. How, how, how many countries really care about their population? If you look at the, and this is this is going outside of the gaming sphere, but from what I understand and, and what, I, what I've read, and as I get older and learn more, it's about keeping the rich rich and the poor poor. And there are countries where, you know, you know, just take Europe and large parts of Europe and, and the UK and, and America and just example, or Canada, whatever it may be, or Australia, those sort of countries do care about their, their people more. And, and I think there's, there's a much better balance. I, mm. again, you guys probably uh, have a better view on this, but uh, I, I don't think China really cares about its people in the same way that India doesn't really either, because <laughs> there's just too many people anyway. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's a, it's it's trying to show a perception that it does, and I think it's it's already happened. You know, things like, and we it's getting very political <laughs> in this in this particular podcast. But stuff like you know the one child policy that they instigated, they've reversed that now, and they're now trying to push families to go and have you know have free kids or something. I think is the is the policy they're trying to push for, and trying to do incentives around population getting they've too already, old, perhaps. Yeah, it's it's already been too late. They've already they've already hemorrhaged the population to a point where, well, actually, and actually, it's even worse is that because of the one child policy, 
males were preferred over fe- over over females. And what happens is you've now skewed you've also because whilst whilst reducing the population, you've also skewed the population. So actually, you and if you will now want three childs, you can't. You just can't do that. You can't fix that. You got to. That's going to take another, you know, like twenty-two, you know, two decades. You have to, to let be able to nature take its course. Yeah, yeah. You know India, what I mean? India and China, out of all the countries, what they've got the biggest problem, and probably Africa as well, where mm. it's seen as having a son, you know, bringing in money is the better chance of survival, and and all the behaviours are dictated around that, and, and it's skewed that way. And, and I think this gaming thing is is in that sphere, isn't it? If they said it's the guy, yeah. if they got, if there was the guidance is three hours. And, they, and the and the education system was built around that, and marketing, uh, advertising, and the propaganda around it. But to say ban three hours, like the way banning crypto, crypto's banned. Mm. People are still doing it. They've, they've banned, unbanned, banned, unbanned. They're currently mm. banned crypto. They're going to unban it again, <laughs> and they're, they're going to unban this this gaming thing. So I, I wonder whether mm. it, there, there's a there's a short term issue that they're trying to remedy this versus actually being a, a long-term strategic uh... yeah I, I do wonder because a lot of the gaming companies in China are massive all the big ones seem to be multi-bidding dollar corporations yep. and I do sometimes hear that China likes to make or flex its muscles basically in the, some of the big corporations they, they have in the, in the country like Alibaba is a case in point. Yep. Yeah. And I'm just kind of wondering if this is the Chinese government trying to flex their muscles in saying, as big as you are, if I say jump, you're not just going to jump. <laughs> you know, you're going to do the high jump or the pole vault for me, if you know what I mean. It's just mm-hmm. that's not a thing. That's one thing. The other thing I sometimes think is that, um, this whole 16-year-old should only play three hours worth of games. Yeah, it's it's almost like, you know, my parents or grandparents talking at the time, where they just kind of <laughs> like say, "Get to your books, start studying, do all that kind of start stuff." Playing that game. <laughs> way yeah, way back. It's all that sort of thing, you know, mm. old-fashioned thinking. I I almost wonder if it's just kind of like harking back to that sort of mentality, if you know what I mean. Mm. I, I think it is. I think it is part of that as well. <clears throat> when they don't recognise the, the the plus size on the other end of it, so um, they've just taken the extreme angle of just clamping it down as best as they can um, in in the manner that China knows best. Is it? Is this a yeah. kind of Genshin? <laughs> give the community. <laughs> I don't think it's a reaction to Genshin you know, specifically. And, and then, then we'll bring it up. Halo Battle mm. Pass. Give them nothing. And then we'll work it back up. Do you think they're starting mm. with a? Hard well, I, I think band. organic. Oh, I think organically that will happen anyway. I mean, I, I literally, I li- I literally think you know organically that could happen anyway. It won't be necessarily something they don't need to plan. If you know what I mean, mm. they'll kind of do this for a short term, get what they need out of the situation, and then you know release it somewhat. Mm. The other thing I was just wanted to you know, just to run by you guys. So certainly in. A lot of the Western countries, and probably most countries anyway, um, you know, consumption keeps the economy going. It creates the growth. Assets go up. Uh, we we build more infrastructure. 
quality of life improves. It's all kind of the pyramid scheme of life, you could say. Ponzi scheme <laughs> of life, but it kind of... <laughs> Um, capitalism. <laughs> cap- it is capitalism, yeah. And, and, and how I don't I, I don't know enough about China, but given they pr- create a lot of the products around the world, um, is that does that sustain their economy enough, or do they also internally rely on consumption? Because th- this will gaming is massive, right? So their population is massive. I wonder where how much this will impact their economy and whether it... well I think the, I think the under 16s and if you think of an under 16 even in 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 the western world their disposable income should be a lot less so the impact economy wise probably is less so but the impact to I guess it's the individual the the child is going to be different right I guess they would try and get them to focus on school stuff studying all those sort of classic type type things that they would try and get you to do but what they've forgotten is that these players that are no longer playing will no longer be able to grow up to be Dota champions uh, uh you know Fortnite champions anything like that but do they, who so. care but who cares about that Al? who cares no, I mean, that's I, the thing yeah, no one cares about that stuff we we like it we admire it mm. but yeah, I, I don't no think the, in China the, gives, I don't gives, think the, the Chinese Communist Party will care one you know I owe about you know Dota <laughs> being Dota <laughs> champion or something. You know what I mean? If, like, if, uh, if it goes to the Olympics, I don't know. No, no, I, I get it. That, that's when it gets a little bit of kudos. I mean, that's when it gets the kudos, right? I mean, mm. you know, but right now, I, I don't think it factors into the thinking. Hundred percent not. Yeah. To me, right? If 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 the Chinese government were doing this for backwards old-fashioned reasons in that you know you're under 16 school 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 study 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 i'd actually respect that a little bit more yeah Mm. but in the back of my mind i don't think this is what it's all about Mm -hmm. i think it's i think it's about more about control obviously you know like uh yeah because the system that the game companies have to employ is literally some kind of id check Yep. to work out that you're actually above the right age to go and play. Really? They, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're, they're, they're forcing it. Interesting. This is where I think the free-to-play model... I mean, I, watch, I don't know what type of games they play, but the free-to-play model drives more addiction. <laughs> and you could argue sometimes lack of, uh, less quality over whatever certain period. And I wonder whether that's the real problem for the youth because they, they're, they're not able to... St- it's the loot boxes. It's the, mm. uh, the the barriers to entry are low, and there's too many games. I think that is really the problem, isn't it? And they're fixing yeah. it at the, at the other end of the wrong end, I think. Because yeah. you ban anything, people desire it more. Maybe maybe that's the Western view of things. Because it, maybe these well, in fact, it will be this. Well, the, I. These guys will in, have this. in China it is, yeah. It's you know, you know, you were saying earlier about kind of a, a producing country, but it's becoming more and more a consumer, consumer led country. Yeah, um, that's where they want to be, right? It's uh, mm. it, just interesting. Uh, I I heard on a podcast a long time ago. You know, like, we think of China as a full on dictatorship, but this guy this guy was explaining he was a, someone from America. His wife was from China. He said it's actually not. It's actually a hybrid. It's a dictatorship mm. at a national level, and there's a 50-year, 100-year plan for the country, which is actually pretty amazing because we don't 
We don't seem to have that in the West. It's like a three-year cycle, right? Um, but but at, at more locally, there is uh, you have a bit more of a say as a bit, society bit about what yeah, what, yeah about uh, mm. tell me about what you what you want, and it's not as it's not as extreme as the media makes out, and yeah. and I, mm. and, I, and I wonder how much the ban thing is being it's a ban, it is a ban, but they're not telling the rest of the narrative or the story or how it's been presented to people. We just hear it in the news as the ban. Wow, ban, <laughs> here we go, here China goes again. And and, and I, I, you know, as I've been looking more into the crypto space and, you know, FUD is this big thing, right? Fear, uncertainty, and uh, what D stands for now, but uh, doubt, sorry, that was it. You know, I wonder how much this, this story is presented in without the rest of the chicken KFC wings mm, on it so you don't mm. know the full story. <laughs> 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 I, had to, I, I had to weave it in there somehow. <laughs> I mean, being, being positive, you'd like to think the Chinese uh, government were being kind of like uh, for the people. For the people, as it were. For the greater good. For the greater good. <laughs> but we're all from the West, obviously, and like uh, any limits on control restrictions or censorship for us would be just unacceptable almost <laughs> at least let's vote on it if you know what i mean you know yeah, it's true if, if you look at may, maybe not you know a few hundred years ago or 500 years or a thousand years ago or even beyond prior to that you know having a dictatorship kind of society probably worked then but for that china to be the best in a lot of industries are pushing boundaries. There can't be a full-on dictatorship as it's been portrayed oh, to us. Yeah, they're, they're not. Yeah, they've demonstrated not. They've been very kind of smart and savvy and clever. They understand their people more than we think they do. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, they do. And they've uh, obviously given you know the people some of what they want. <laughs> yeah, because you know who doesn't want to make money. Who doesn't want to get, you know, travel? Who doesn't want, you know, to do more their life? Who doesn't quality, want that? Quality of life, yeah. yeah. Even, even, yeah. even the government's not that, that stupid that if every, let's say every Chinese citizen had the best quality of life out of every nation on the planet, that's a, 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 a whether you're evil or, evil or good, it's a where you would want to be, right? Correct. And... Just coming back to what I was saying, I think it sounds like you're agreeing as well. I, I don't think we're getting the full story, but from what story that we're oh. hearing, we don't want it, and, and and I hope it doesn't, you know, I hope it doesn't last for too long. And, and you know, mm. yeah, it, it, even double that six hours a week—that's enough for a child. Yes, that is more than yeah. enough for a child for for a week anyway. So three is probably a bit on the stingy side. Yeah. It, 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 is it three and you can't, you, you don't use the three in the week, it doesn't carry over to the next week? <laughs> yeah, I don't think it'll work like that. But like, you know, we'd like it to, but I'm not sure that'll happen, you know what I mean? Like, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's an interesting situation. I mean, like, it kind of demonstrates the contrast between this communist country in the West. Because, you know, clearly, you, you know, we, we wouldn't want to tolerate such a thing. And, you know, as a consequence of what we're hearing, right, we're building up almost all of these... Um, what, what I would call, you know, like conspiracy scenarios, you know, it's just about control. They 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 try to do this, they try to do that, you know, like. Makes and you know, all that may be true, got, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And all of that may be true. 
but obviously there's a positive side effect to all of this and you know uh, it, would, it wouldn't surprise me if the Chinese government wanted to flex their muscles in terms of demonstrating to the to the gaming organizations in that country who's boss who's actually boss yeah but you know maybe they are maybe they are kind of reflecting upon you know where they want their youth to be as well that isn't that isn't actually for me so difficult to believe because of of the, some of the values of, of the culture and all that kind of sort of thing. Mm. I could actually believe that. Yeah, I could actually believe that. What's the implication? Let's say if it does in China, does persist. Three hours. What's the implication on us in the Western world? Like, as an example, um, will the number of users go down for certain, certain games? The price for us will go up. For me, I don't feel that it's about... I don't think the problem for me would be about whether cost for a game would go up or down or anything along those lines and I, I, I honestly think that you know it, it would probably have to remain status quo you know I don't think they can necessarily afford to basically do something like that you know you get a, a raft of players yeah. just leaving a game I mean I mean, if anything there's probably what there may be less games developed for that audience maybe but yeah. it's like really yeah. it's quite niche as well maybe if you go aim for the sort of Chinese youth yeah but the dangers I would see is that we wouldn't want it, in, you know, in the countries that we live in. Mm. But you know, you'll, you'll get certain pockets of people who have never ever liked computer games, who have it in for computer games because <laughs> it's a tool of the devil, you know, whatever it may be, you My know. Mom. Yeah, <laughs> basically <laughs> our parents, <laughs> like, uh, you know, the tool of the devil. Why, why are you playing this thing? What are you doing? You know, like. Uh, and I, I think if it, if it worked in China, right, you'll get these pockets of people really kind of getting quite noisy, really getting quite noisy. And I, I, whilst I don't truly believe it would ever happen in the, in the West, the reality is it could make it a little bit more difficult, right? And then at, at, at minimum, you'll get this noisy, noisy bunch of people kind of like uh, putting negative things about gaming in the news again. Mm. Which I'm, you know, quite frankly, I'm, I think I'm quite bored with. You know what I mean? But I'm done, I'm done with that as well. But the, yeah. there, there is gaming is is can, or can be addictive, and I think there's a spectrum of games, particularly the way they're constructed, not the actual gameplay, but like loot boxes and FIFA, mm. the way it's structured, and some RPGs. I, I, I want some of that got rid of, and I, I, and, and it sounds like FIFA have like taken the taken the the mickey to the point that they it's going to lead to some of those changes and and, mm. and and on that thread i can see the justification what what china's doing and i think that that rebalancing is going to happen and that need i think that's needed for gaming because it gives it a gives it a bad name yes and, yeah i agree and i i think I'm, I'm hoping that will happen and that will hopefully because i i think the the, the the, the pendulum, if it did take China away for a second, right, what's happening there, and the Western games, the games that we like to play, the pendulum is not in the right place where there's a focus on the craftsmanships, quality experience, is focused too much on microtransactions, DLCs, overpromising, releasing too early. It's, it, there's too many dud games coming out at the moment. <laughs> and, 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 you know, like, the lack of single-player quality, narrative-driven experience that's shorter. There's something in that space that I think I think needs to 
uh, needs rebalancing. And then we can talk about it on, on, on another podcast. But um, it's interesting. I, I really like this topic because I, I think that, you know the China ban with the kids. That's not the first of it. There'll be more, more bans elsewhere. But it, it's. I think we've had a fairly balanced view that um, knowing the intent behind it and what else is going on is where you really understand if it's good or bad. Yeah, of course. You know, of course, it's it's the intent. You can do something, and you can you can always kind of like manipulate it to your advantage, no matter what you know what's said. And you know, we, you know, only time will tell. I I feel, you know, I mean, I, I don't I don't want it to come to the West because I I mean I'm not for censorship, and you know I'm a parent now, and equally, I don't think we should give people a free ride. If you gotta you know if it's about the children. If you're gonna, we're gonna say that, who are truly responsible for the children? The parents are responsible for the children. Don't cop out here with me. You know what I mean? Not the teachers, not the schools. You are responsible. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, and behind that, it's it's banning never works. It's about education Correct. and understanding. That's where Correct. the sustainable part of it is. Uh, and Correct. If it's not gaming, in China or not in China. If there's no education, they'll get addicted to something else, you know, alcohol, yeah, <laughs> or, yeah. Or, or, or I was up to drugs, or you know, you you, you get addicted to reading books. <laughs> Correct, and <laughs> we've always had this kind of like, kind of the enemy of society. And back in the eighties, it was it was television and films and the video nasty. If you remember those things, you know what I mean? Like, we've always had this thing. There's always there's always had to be an enemy that people need to basically point out. This is what's this is what's the worst thing in our society. That's but you know what? <laughs> Stop it. The worst thing in society is the way people behave. It was the way they conduct themselves. When I was younger. Yeah. I know. You... My dad wanted to snap snap my skateboard when he when he found my daughter. <laughs> he said jump over fences and and, and skate in, in car parks. <laughs> <laughs> there's always something isn't there there's always something that's true yeah okay guys with that I think quite deep and you know interesting in, and I think quite enjoyable conversation I think it's really time to move to our next topic So Al, what I want to get into next is really Intel and really Intel all the lake. Yeah. So what I've titled for this one is Intel rekindles competition. <laughs> yeah. So they've now released their, I think it's 12th gen consumer CPUs. Okay. Yeah. Uh, they've got six SKUs straight off the bat, both K and KF variants of the i9, i7, and i5. So 12900K, 12700K, and 12600K. And the KF variants have, you know, no integrated GPU, so no integrated graphics. And that integrated GPU is the XELP UHD Graphics 770. Yeah. 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 Now, as we know, these all the like CPUs have E cores, P cores, where the P cores have multi uh, threading, i.e., kind of SMT. The uh, E cores, all these efficiency cores, 
are comparable to Skylake CPUs. So the 215 6th gen, you know, I think that's the something like the i7 6700K, for instance. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, if I go through the, the core layout of the i9, i7, and i5, and and I'll get a, get a pillow already because there's a lot of information here. <laughs> <laughs> right, so the i9 12900K. Uh, has eight p cores, eight e cores, twenty-four threads. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it has e cores clocked at two thousand four hundred uh, at base, three thousand nine hundred at turbo, mm -hmm. and with the p cores, three thousand two hundred at base, five thousand two hundred at turbo. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and a a base uh, power consumption of 125 and a turbo power consumption of 241 watts. Mm -hmm. MSRP being 589. And j just to clarify that Intel are not using, they're not using uh, TDP any longer. They've now kind mm -hmm. of uh, split that out and using base power and turbo power mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. as the indicators. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Now, the i7-12700K, 8p cores, 4e cores, yeah, 20 threads. Yeah. 2,700 for the, for the e-core base, 3,800 for the e-core turbo. For the p cores, 3,600 for the base, 5,000 for the turbo. And yeah. the yeah. base power, 125 watts, the turbo, 190 watts, with a MSRP of... $409, okay? The i5 12600K, 6P cores plus 4E cores, a total of 16 threads, 2,800 for the E-core base clock, 3,600 for the E-core turbo clock. For the P cores, 3,700 GHz for the base and 4,900 for the turbo. With a um, base power consumption of 125 and a turbo power consumption of 150, uh, and the MSRP $289. Okay, $289. So, what else can we say about them? Well, they support PCI 5.0 and DDR5. However, motherboards will only support either DDR5 or DDR4, not both. You have to choose which type of memory you got to go for. Yeah. The, the P cores are 28% better than, let's say, a core in 10th gen Comet Lake. The E cores are 1% better than a core in 10th gen Comet Lake. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But what that really means, it's 19% better uh, than last gen, the 11900K. Yeah. 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 And, you know, again, 10th gen is like the 10900K, 10700K. Okay. Yeah. Now, looking at the pricing, the i9-12900K versus, let's say, an R9-5900X from AMD is slightly more expensive by, let's say, $40. Yeah? Yeah. The i7-12700K, which is the R7-5800X, is less expensive by $40. And the i5-12600K, which is the R5-5600X, what a mouthful, mm. is less expensive by about ten dollars yeah and i'm assuming that's msrp obviously so. it's msrp yeah. so obviously <laughs> might mean nothing at all 
<laughs> but it gives us a, some sort of indicator, yeah, straight off the bat. And yeah. and these guys also use a new chipset, Z690, 690, yeah, mm-hmm. which obviously means new motherboards, yeah. yeah. You'll need new motherboards to run these guys, mm-hmm. yeah. So again, very competitive, very competitive, definitely a step up, definitely a step mm-hmm. up. Now, the thread director, which we discussed in other podcasts, <laughs> obviously, now we know that feeds the window scheduler. Now, this yeah, thing yeah. apparently monitors instructions at a, a nanosecond level and mm-hmm. communicates with the OS on a microsecond level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, the thread director has, let's say, a full view of the whole processor. And really, what mm-hmm. it does is it uh, has a view of what instructions are running, what runs where, and what is important. And it uses yeah. thermals, power settings, and identifies which threads uh, need to be moved up or down mm-hmm. based on priority and also weighing up against competing processes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, it can adjust its recommendations based on frequency, power, and thermals. But, you know, to be clear, it doesn't use any sort of machine learning, but it uses yeah. a, a pre-canned or a pre-trained algorithm to work out what it's mm-hmm. doing. Probably based on executable in some way, I imagine. Well, it actually has no understanding of, of what thread is connected to what program. So it oh. doesn't do it at that level. Interesting. It's, yeah. Okay. It's, uh, if you like, it's program agnostic, but it focuses mm-hmm. more on the kind of lower level instructions that are being executed. Yeah, this is okay. what I understood. And I read something on Anantech, and this may or may not be true, mm. that let's say a window you have up on the, uh, the OS might actually get priority on peakles. <laughs> it's, it's something to consider. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And moving on to that, connected, obviously, Windows scheduler. Yeah. This is obviously making all the decisions um, yeah. using yeah. info yeah. Yeah. from the thread director. Uh, Windows 10 focuses more on the power of certain calls, whereas mm-hmm. Windows 11 extends this scheduler to consider efficiency as well, which kind of mm. kind of makes sense, yeah? Yeah. Windows yeah. 10 considers E calls as lower performance than P calls, yeah? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't know how well each call does at a given frequency with a workload, whereas yeah. Windows 11 does, yeah? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. However, what I've kind of seen, you know, from the reviews and the commentary around the, the internet is, mm-hmm. it, that, that doesn't seem to be a massive advantage using Windows 11. But nothing that's been yeah. kind of, let's say, communicated or observed from what I can yeah. see. Yeah, from, from, and I think I've watched maybe one video on, on all the late performance. Um, and it's interesting between Windows 10 and 11, but, but I think in general, 10 was still slightly quicker. Um, at least that's what for I was certain, For certain things and for certain programs, mm. I, I think people have made that observation. But w- mm. whether that's because it's anything to do with Windows 10, or what it's to do with the thread director Windows 11 needing mm. a bit of, uh, let's say, patching or improvement, <laughs> I'm, I'm not really sure. Yeah, yeah. I'm not really yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. But I think the, the summary we have here is that Alder Lake has definite better single-threaded performance versus mm. the AMD chips. And obviously, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. versus the, the last-gen Intel products. Mm. Yeah. But this seems to basically translate to a 10% advantage for all the like yeah yeah it's it's yeah. kind of taken on an average it doesn't really blow the and chips out of the water mm-hmm. yeah doesn't blow the the zen free architecture out of the water 
But yeah. clearly, all the lake wins in gaming, yeah, for the majority of cases. But not yeah. not all games. Equally, yeah. not all games, yeah. Yeah. Anything that's optimized, I think, is is the key. Yeah. Um, also, very true. All the lake clearly is the the more future-proof platform because it will support DDR5, PCIe5. Hmm. Um, however, obviously, with the memory side of things, it's DDR5 or DDR4, and not both. Yeah, you'll need a different you know, motherboard for that, let's say. Mm -hmm. However, right now, I don't think there's a huge advantage in having DDR5. Uh, mm -hmm. It's also expensive, yeah, 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 comparably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I think I saw something quite funny on the reviews that I did, uh, well, at least I looked at, and there was stuff like they were experimenting by disabling the E-cores. Yeah. And I thought, I think they found that the performance of the P-cores were actually, it was actually better as a result of disabling the E-cores. Might be latent, least, might be latency, yeah. you know, into yeah, rather than have to switch between the two two different types of cores. Yeah, the intercore communication and all that sort of thing. That's quite interesting. I mean, it it does um, it does actually highlight what the e cores are actually primarily for, if mm. you know what I mean. Mm. Uh, whether you you know you basically should go the route that AMD have gone and just have let's say um, a homogeneous set of cores. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, or go the way of Intel. Don't know. Yeah, you have to wonder about that. What I will say about the feature set also is that PCIe five is good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it still will support PCIe four. Yeah. 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 However, as we know, PCIe four, the actual peripherals and the support for it is obviously ramping up now. We're seeing lots, lots more SSDs for it. Graphics cards still don't saturate PCIe, you know, for so, you know, mm. again, whilst it's future proof, you have to kind of, uh, you have to think, you know, why, yeah? Yeah. Why now, you know? Is there any value in, in AMD or Intel going down this route right now? You know, and I, I'm, I'm undecided. I don't know, has anyone looked at, um, I've not redone any research on it, but what about, you know, because the other thing with PCIe 4 is that you, you use it for your SSDs now. Especially the the fast ones. I don't know if that's coming to a bottleneck on PCIe four at all. I think it's just started to, let's say, the price of drives is getting to a, a place where it actually can get popular. If you know what I mean. I I don't know whether they've kind of uh, started to basically hit a ceiling limit or anything like that. They certainly yeah. started to saturate the kind of interface. That's for sure. I'll, I'll do some research yeah. on the next one because I because I bought myself one of those um a two terabyte one uh, mm. over um over on the Black Friday sale, so I've got, uh, yeah. I've got a two terabyte one ready to go in. Uh, yeah, yeah, exa exactly. And, yeah. You know, but again, it, it, it's whether it's whether really, you know, given that people are starting to move to PCIe 4, mm -hmm. they're just starting to do that, you know, who really does need a PCIe 5 drive at the moment, if you know what I mean, because... Yeah, yeah. I mean, there are some on the market, I, I don't know uh, how much they might cost, I haven't done any. I haven't reviewed that side of things, but it's, it's uh, but it's again, it's future proofing that specific platform, yeah. Yeah. Yep. 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 And clearly, from my perspective, if you're building an all new PC, new new motherboard, that sort of thing, I think all the lake is the pot to go for. You know, right now. Yeah. Yeah. However, I will say, if you have an AMD platform, I think it might be actually wise to wait. But what mm. AMD does in Q1 2022 mm -hmm. or later, potentially later, because there has been talk about um, AMD 
Zen Free Plus. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, that's real. Um, and oh, Zen Free mm -hmm. D. Yeah. yeah. The plus I'm assuming might be, it might be just another, another name for the stuff with uh, 3D cache. Yeah. yeah, it might yeah. be just a higher clocked bin, better bin Zen Free chip. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know if they're using a different chipset or a different Same architecture, chipset? but they might be able to clock it up higher. Mm -hmm. And the, the other thing with, I think, using this kind of vCache technology, yeah, yeah. is yeah. that they're talking about a 15% kind of improvement, yeah, for gamings. They specifically call yeah. out gaming when they kind of show the prototype. Nice. If that happens, then for gaming, the two things will either become equal mm. or mm. AMD will have a slight advantage yeah. again, yeah. And if they can chuck in maybe a, a clock speed bump up, mm, mm. and again, even for for the kind of multi-threading stuff between the two kind of architectures and two chips, they're actually quite comparable still. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But obviously, single single uh, threaded performance is is with Water Lake at the moment. Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. But I will say this about Intel: their secret weapon could be actually this thing called Deep Link. Mm -hmm. And the AI acceleration stuff they showed off, I think it, it was in the, I don't know, it was in the, I think it was in the innovation day, right? Mm -hmm. They recently mm -hmm. did, yeah, in, in the innovation yeah. day. They've got basically AI acceleration in the form of AMX, which is this advanced matrix extension. Mm -hmm. uh, now, it's not for consumers yet, yeah, right, but yeah. it's, it's uh, I think it's for the enterprise. Mm -hmm. But they've uh, noted an eight times acceleration for intake throughput. Oh, yeah, eight times okay. using it. Yeah. Now, DeepLink is also very interesting because it allows the iGPU to work with your discrete GPU and CPU to accelerate certain tasks and workloads, oh, which they showed off. Yeah, which they showed off during the uh, innovation day. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I, f I found that you know for me, those sorts of innovations really really interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's definitely something to look out for, yeah. And uh, obviously, AMD have gone their own way in terms of what their secret source is. You know, they've got smart access memory, which is, I guess, is it's less of a secret source for them because everybody's doing it now. Yeah, yeah. They've got their smart shift stuff and you know all of that kind of stuff. So basically, the advantage you get if you have an all AMD, and Intel have got their advantages. They if you've got mm, all Intel, mm. that sort of thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So basically. Excellent news for Intel. Intel are are back in it. They're back in the mix. They're back being competitive, and they're now sitting pretty with an architecture that seems to be giving them a springboard. Yeah, mm, mm. you know, for future products. So that's great. Yeah. Now, what I'll add to this is that the last AMD event was this AMD Data Center keynote. So really, not not really specific to gamers or consumers per se mm -hmm, mm -hmm, but a lot of the time some of the stuff from enterprise will trickle down to consumer yeah and the architectures yeah. are also very similar yeah so what amd quickly what they showed off was this amd instinct m1200 hpc mm -hmm. and ai accelerator based on cdna2 so mm -hmm. obviously cdna2 is the the compute version of our dna for enterprise yeah the stats they or the comparable they gave the comparable they gave was for FP64, they can achieve 49.7 teflops. That's FP64. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Usually, when we talk about GPUs, we're talking about FP, I believe, 32. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's not 64, that's for sure. Now, compared to NVIDIA's product in the same space, yeah. that delivers 9.7 teflops of FP64. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's almost a 5x increase. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. but you know, again, it'd be interesting. Will this ever kind of translate to the consumer? I don't know. <laughs> but you could imagine, right, if they wanted to include some sort of AI accelerator, you, you take a, a compute unit from CDNA2 or something like that. I mean, it's really, you know, a similar, I'm well, guessing a similar architecture to RDNA2. Maybe, maybe. Well, maybe for cloud compute or something, right? If, uh, if we ever have um, proper um, cloud streaming services, then maybe it's supported by AMD yeah. or something. Yeah, who no, knows? I mean, like, obviously, like, AMD aren't, aren't going to cram their graphics cards with tensicles. So they might just kind of like... Um, Give us a kind of CDNA2 call or something, who knows, who knows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some other interesting things they showed off also. So during the uh, data center keynote, they showed off Milan X based on 7NM. And a Milan X is basically a variant of what they've got for Enterprise already, Milan. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But this thing is something that's in the world that's going to be using Vcash. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what well, we talked about, that 3D cache technology. Yeah. Uh, what they've said is the Vcash is basically delivering three times the amount of level three cache compared to the to last generation, three mm-hmm. times. Mm-hmm. It goes up to 64 Zen free cores, but with Vcash for certain workloads, they're getting a 50% average uplift in performance mm-hmm. just by putting Vcash on it. Yeah. yeah. So that could be something we may see, obviously not, not the 50% obviously uplift, but certainly, it feels like we could see a boost in performance just by getting some of the existing Zen free chips mm. uh, with Vcash. Yeah. 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 And it's not a re-architecture. They're literally just you know adding a bit of Vcash. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Extending the size of the level three cache. Yeah. 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 Now, what they've got installed in 2022 is also very interesting. So the first thing up is uh, Genoa. So it's a five NM enterprise chip 96 zen 4 calls mm-hmm. so clearly they're upping the amount of calls for yeah. next gen yeah. and they've also got bergamo in 2022 5nm as well but 128 zen 4 c calls mm-hmm. the c equaling cloud optimized yeah and for cloud they're saying improved power efficiency in density optimized cache hierarchy, yeah, whatever that means, right? <laughs> but what I what that feels like is it, it it's almost um, what it feels like is you know with the Intel's P and E calls, mm-hmm. this sounds like their variant of the E calls. Yeah. They're just getting more bit more on there, and they're basically just kind of having them there for uh, multi-threaded workloads and that and the like. And in this mm-hmm. case, I'm guessing your virtualization because it's for the cloud. Yeah. Yeah. So it's going to be very, very interesting to see where they go with that. Mm-hmm. The last uh, fun fact from from that event was AMD are collaborating with the uh, U.S. Department of Energy mm-hmm. and Oak Ridge's National Laboratory, and actually Cray, the guys who do supercomputers. I'm assuming. Yeah. Yeah. And they're designing this thing called the Frontier supercomputer, mm-hmm. which is expected to deliver 1.5 exaflops of peak processing power. Mm-hmm. Coming online, I think they said this year, whether it has or not, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Uses uh, an optimized third gen AMD Epic 
CPU yeah. for HPC and AI, uh, AMD Instinct 250X accelerators designed to power this uh, these exascale systems. To be clear, what does exascale computing refer to? Yeah, it refers to computer systems capable of calculating at least 10 to the power of 18, 10 to the power of 18 floating point operations per second. Yeah. That's one exaflop. So <laughs> obviously it puts the super in supercomputer. Yeah. 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 You know, as of January this year, yeah, there was no computer on earth that was able to do this. Mm. So, you know, this may be the first thing on the market to, to do this. And in terms of mind chain for AMD, it's it's kind of like it's you know, it's gonna use their their Milan product. So it's it's you know, it's it's good for it's good for mind share and all that sort of thing. Yeah. So what got from that is that number one, it feels like we will see Zen 3D for consumers and it will have a significant uptick in performance and it may also compete with all the lake. And the other thing I, I would say is that clearly in 2022 Zen 4, we're talking about uh, another uplift in the number of calls and that sort of thing. So that should be kind of quite exciting. So there's significant competition here and it looks like that whole scenario we talked about where we wanted intel and amd to be trading blows continuously you know the whole godzilla you know like movie thing that we talked yeah, about let yeah. them fight is happening yeah which is great news for us great news for us now before we leave this subject i reckon one thing i will say is that nvidia right have some news not all of it that great <laughs> <laughs> i feel like a I feel like an NVIDIA hater, because every time I talk about <laughs> them, I've never got great news about them, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But they've uh, recently, first of all, released an FSR-like upscaler. Uh, yeah. I think it's in the driver. And unlike DLSS, it can be easily adopted, is what I'm understanding. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was kind of interesting why they did that, if you know what I mean. It just feels like they, they did it to kind of like uh, tarnish AMD's FSR technology. Mm -hmm. This, this again, this thing that NVIDIA released, it's it's like a, it's kind of like a spatial upscaler, so it's similar. Yeah. Um, I won't say tarnish, but say, but you know, they're just saying to the world, yep, yeah, we've got one as well, here you go. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're re-releasing the 2060, but in 12 gigabytes, mm -hmm. yeah. Some people are speculating this is to do with mining, so on and so forth. I just think a 2060 with 12 gigabytes of video RAM it kind of feels weird, right? It kind of feels weird because really that's 2060. I mean, you know, for its time, it, it was capable enough, but this ain't no 4K card, if you know what I mean. It's very interesting that they're going down that kind of, um, they're going down that path. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've been following the, the rest of their kind of product lineup, but it just feels all over the place. There's rumors they're about to release a, uh, a 3080 with, I think it was... 12 gigabytes, then they got a 3070 Ti with 16 gigabytes, mm -hmm. you know, it's just confusing, it's a confusing landscape, I mean, like, uh... now further to that is that their ARM acquisition looks completely stalled now. Yeah, well, the competition, well, the, the regulators have gone in, right? So... Yeah, the US FTC, Federal Trade Commission, Yeah. they're actually, they're actually suing to block NVIDIA's acquisition of ARM. Yeah. Uh, for, you know, obviously fairly obvious competition, you know, um, grounds and whatnot. Mm. 
I don't think the UK government's too pleased with the whole um, NVIDIA purchasing kind of arm situation. Mm -hmm. And um, there's speculation that the you know other big players who use who use arm are also really kind of up in literally pun pun up in arms about this. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it just it just stalls progress, right? It just it's just stalling it. So. Yeah, I mean, you just don't know what uh, Nvidia going to do with it. Mm, that's the, that's mm. the that's the problem. So, not great news on the Nvidia front. There is some news, but there's some strange things happening there. If you know what I mean, very very strange. Yeah. yeah. I mean, let's see. Maybe by uh, CES, there'll be a bit more information about what they're doing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, Al, there you have it. What do you think of all the lake? What's your view uh. on it? Still sounds interesting. I, I think it's still waiting for that really interesting test use case because because the things I saw in the reviews were obviously trying to push it to its limits on either its gaming or you know video editing or you know some some kind of thing that's kind of heavy in terms of the workload. Whereas I guess the older lake is designed to do a combination of hiding kind of efficient light workloads as well as as well as doing the heavy workload uh, and kind of doing both at the same time. I guess would I move to it? Probably not, I don't think. You know, I'm still happy with my AMD kind of kit. Interested in the next gen, maybe, but even so, even, I mean, I'm on a, um, was it, a 3700X. Still works nice and well. No no issues with it at all. You know, I don't see a need necessarily to push a bit further. Yeah, yeah you, you still have an upgrade path. That's the thing here mm, as well. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, if anything, I'd want to replace the GPU, but the GPU... I don't know. It's the GPU market's still pretty rubbish, I think, um, at the moment. So. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't see. I don't think they, they're not seeing things basically get it better until sometime next year, and it sounds like more like a Q2 thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. In my mind, it's it's actually, you know, I think for my own kind of situation, it that work for me, because I, I, you know, I, I basically refreshed my hardware just before the uh, pandemic hit. Yeah. A year before the new gen released. But mm. then by that point of getting hold of the, the next generation of GPUs became almost in, well difficult, <laughs> not impossible, but certainly very difficult and very pricey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, again, I hear AMD have, you know, they've, they're they pushing their, their GPU tech forward. Yeah. So, you know, let, let's see what happens. I mean, I've always maintained that our DNA 2 was felt like, for me, a, a Zen Plus moment. Not mm. a Zen 2 moment and certainly not a Zen 3 moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Al, I think with that said, and having given Intel the salute, said well done for being competitive, and acknowledging that uh, AMD certainly not standing still, they're there to take whatever crown is out there to be taken, yeah. <laughs> and Nvidia, well, you know, in terms of news, things can only get better for them. Yeah. Yeah. I would say let's move on to the next topic. So guys, I think the next topic I want to talk about is really Activision Blizzard. Mm -hmm. Their continued woes. <laughs> and really, you know, let's centre this around Coltec, you know, their their CEO. Okay. So I'm just gonna just summarize what's been going on, you know, recently. So obviously, Activision and Blizzard have been really involved in sexual harassment allegations, uh, sexual discrimination allegations, 
Jennifer O'Neill, who was their co-head of Blizzard, really just stepped down after three months. Noting she was being paid less than the other co-head, I think it's a, a Mighty Barra. Mm. Yeah. Um, it also came to light that Bobby Kotick had, in the past, made death threats to, I, I believe, a a female colleague or or subordinate. Mm-hmm. That's how it sounded. <laughs> potentially, <laughs> potentially. Jennifer O'Neill also expressed a real lack of faith in Activision's leadership to improve the company's culture. I mean, straight off the bat, they, you know, it seemed like they, they paid her less or gave her a, a less lucrative offer than the other co-head, who's male. Now, we've had employees of Activision protesting, staging walkouts, and there's a big move there to get some of those employees signed up to a union. Okay, signed up to a union. And allegedly, an email sent out by by an executive, Fran Townsend, was actually drafted by Coltec himself, who then subsequently labelled the email as tone deaf. <laughs> so absorbed himself of any sort of public blame for it. There was a 2018 firing of former Blizzard uh, technology chief, a Ben Kilgore, who faced multiple allegations of sexual harassment but was still thanked for his contribution in an internal communication. In 2017, Dan Bunting, co-head of Activision's Call of Duty studio Treyarch, faced allegations of sexual harassment. An internal investigation in 2019 reportedly recommended he be fired, but Coltec stepped in to save him. Now, Bobby Coltec himself to be honest, turned around Activision's fortunes. He owns 25% of the company and clearly has a lot of influence. However, Bobby Kotick has also been given the dreaded vote of confidence. <laughs> yeah, in response to the Wall Street Journal's report. Yeah, and some might say this is good news. Okay, but I'll just kind of read. I'll read what was said by the board. What was uh, communicated by the board. The Activision Blizzard board remains committed to the goal of making Activision Blizzard the most welcoming and inclusive company in the industry. Under Bobby Coltec's leadership, the company is already implementing industry-leading changes, including a zero-tolerance harassment policy, a dedication to achieving significant increases to the percentages of women and non-binary people in our workforce, and significant internal and external investments to accelerate opportunities for diverse talent. The board remains confident that Bobby Coltec appropriately addresses workplace issues brought to his attention. <laughs> Full stop. Yeah. So guys, obviously, some of it doesn't make for good reading, but I just kind of wanted to get your views on it. I mean, obviously, sexual harassment, discrimination, a lack of diversity, it's not a new thing in any industry. But the way it's been reported around kind of Activision and, and Blizzard, make it sound as though, you know, they're definitely behind the times, <laughs> subpart, you know, I don't know how to kind of say it, you know, politically correctly. It just seems like a bit of a shit show, to be honest. Yeah. Can I, can I just add to that context as well? Um, his base salary was... 1.75 million but he got awarded nearly 150 million stock 
so his total compensation for the year was 154.6 million which you know he's getting paid significantly more than other leading gaming publishers he's been ceo for years <laughs> i mean he you know i, I think ceos the, the position usually kind of um you know it you know people come in and out of that ceo position it's you know ultimately more of a change position than it is anything else Mm. Yeah, I, I, I just I think that this it's got an extra, it's times two plus an extra zero on the end of, of his total <laughs> package. You know, there's there's no need for for a human to get paid that kind of money, right? Because it, it all all of that dictates behavior. Yeah, <laughs> and, but it's still, that, that, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, it's still eclipsed by you know. If you talk about Jeff, Jeff Bezos and Co, you know they they're they're on a different level as well. So you know you might think Bobby Kotick has paid a lot. That that is probably because Activision Blizzard are making enough money for him to be compensated as such. Um, but um, yeah, it's 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 really difficult. It's it's up to the board really to to address that. I mean, they had an op- they had a choice. Yeah, I, I don't think you can compare. I mean, my personal opinion is you can't compare Coltec to maybe Bezos. Bezos has just mm. basically sent people to outer space. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't, I mean, I personally don't feel they're in the same league. <laughs> it's a game. Game industry does makes as a collective a lot of money, and you could argue that Activision and probably EA are make large amounts of mm. revenue, but it's it's dwarfed by. <laughs> by uh, you know, apples and and the Amazons mm. make significant, and then and then you could those other companies add value to much wider industries. Um, but yeah, you know, not to go down the rabbit hole. I, I think him getting paid significantly more, probably seeing himself as a as a leader amongst mm. all the CEOs in the gaming industry, probably you know, I'm speculating here, but probably gave him the kind of the feeling that he's untouchable, which you can you can kind of see in his, some of his yeah. behaviour. So that, that, that that's the kind of reason why I just. Um... It, it, it is a problem when you get to those extremely senior roles. You become almost you convincing you're convincing yourself to mm. an extent as as you get to that kind of level of success. Um, yeah, but given the types of accusations, the allegations, and the real negative you know press, mm. you know we've also hearing that there's a there's a lot of internal pressure. Maybe not so much by uh, the board itself, but certainly by the employees. Yeah. Mm. Is this going to trigger Bobby Coltech to step down? Because in my mind, I doubt it. Because it just he just seems to have so much control. <laughs> I, I, I think it will yeah. eventually. The actions that Sony yeah, and okay. Xbox have taken, and other companies that want to, you know, do less with Activision Blizzard until some of this calms down. I think will result in you know really bad longer term you know kind of positions around it. You know they'll, they'll have to in the short term they'll survive with things like you know Diablo 4s around the corner, Diablo Immortals around the corner, releases that have already been done. But they've lost morale in terms of the people that they've got. Um, you know the next releases in the next year or two after that is going to really struggle, and the collaboration that they'll get, the revenues that they'll get, will be probably significantly reduced in a in a couple more well, years. Well, Nintendo have, have come out also, but mm. you know, but some of the numbers I, I saw, I think is uh, the MPT numbers for November. You know, get, mm. guess what's at the top of the uh, sales <laughs> numbers? It's Call of Duty, uh, Call Vanguard, of Duty? And, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, you you've got 
Call of Duty Vanguard not being great, and then you've got. But that number's also dropped, though, hasn't it? Like, I mean, because it's another World War game compared to what a normal Call of Duty game generates, it's, it's dropped. And I don't know if because it's another World War game, or mm. whether there, there is a little bit of the gaming community, you know, like us, a bit more interested in what's going on, particularly the older gamers, the people are being reluctant to to buy these sort of games. I think going back to what Al was saying, I. It's not just Activision, you know, Ubisoft this week as well. It's been labelled as a max, a mass mm. exodus happening in, in that studio, right? With long-term people at very senior positions and pods mm. of teams that are leaving, I, I, I imagine that's going to start to happen in Activision. And, and it, it, you know, even Bungie <laughs> this, this week, or actually while I was away, actually, they've had some stuff around uh, their narrative team who have who've had... You know, same sort of stuff as, mm. as Activision, but a much smaller scale. Probably not the sexual harassment, but everything else has been happening at smaller scales. Where, whereas they publicise themselves as a kind of, or have a perception of being an industry leader. I, I think this is a problem that's happening across mm. the industry with Activision kind of making the bubble burst. <laughs> mm. I think, you know, we're going to see some yeah. massive changes. And, and, you know, I think what, what you mentioned around unions and all that sort of it, stuff. It's, I think a, it will, it it's a wider happen. problem, right? You know, there's... um. You know, we're kind of on the end of COVID to an extent. Obviously, there's the new variant and other things kind of going around. But there's obviously the term, um, you know, the great resignation that's across many industries, not just gaming. And people are just reevaluating their lives. You know, do they want to continue with the gaming crunch that happens all the time? Do they want to sit in a company that, you know, has these allegations of sexual harassment? You know, they have a choice. They, they're now rethinking their life priorities. Um... And yeah, there's there's other options now. So why would they? There was people in there, there was people. I saw an article uh, the other day. Uh, people in Ubisoft who left and they tripled mm, their pay. Mm. <laughs> but but that's the other problem with gaming is because gaming is is um it's such high demand, right? Some people are willing to pay mm. to get to get paid less to be in that industry, but maybe they've just had enough. Mm. I think exactly, you make a good yeah. point about reevaluating. You know, post. Uh, I mean, I know, we're not, and we're not quite out of the pandemic or, or COVID, mm. but obviously, people have had a bit of time. Uh, if you're not getting the reward, the respect, and you don't like the people who who are running the company, then it's an easy decision. You know, to be honest, um, I would also say to your point that it is wider than than the games industry. You know, we've seen it in organisations that we've obviously um, personally worked. You know, for and with, in that there are initiatives to readdress that. You know, the balance, diversity, um, treating people with a bit of respect, to a lesser degree the crunch culture. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. What we've seen on our, our, you know, respective industries, it it feels to me that other industries have been on this um, path for let's say a few years. Ten years. But now, yeah. But now the games industry, it feels like they're lagging behind. And I don't know if this is the, the medium press kind of painting a different sort of you know picture than, than the realities of it. But it does feel that they're further behind. There's no smoke without fire, if you know what I mean. <laughs> mm. And I, I kind of do wonder about that, you know, why, why that is. Mm. Again, if you have characters like a, a Bobby Kotick running the show for one of the biggest organisations in the industry, where... Let's be honest. He seems to have godlike controlling powers. Untouchable. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, he's almost untouchable because thinking about the Call of Duty Vanguard numbers, I don't know what else Activision could have done to make that you know that particular game uh, an unmitigated kind of disaster. They said it, you know, um, <laughs> mm. in World War Two, which is these days a bit of a no-no. People's interest is lowered, let's say. You know, I heard it wasn't very, you know, tight and you know, quite buggy. And in and around all of that, there's all this negativity around the organisation. Mm. Yeah. But yet, there they are. They're still top of the pile. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I would imagine a lot of those people have bought that game based on history of how the game's been in the last couple of years I would like to see the mm. what numbers of people actually still playing it actual daily users probably really low mm. there was something that's come come up in uh, lots of gaming right um, as I've been looking at investments and crypto and also looking at macroeconomics and there's a people that talk about every it's called the fourth, fourth turning this is the label people use right which is effectively saying every time you have four generations born the gap between those four generations is so big you get a lot of disruption uh, and that's happened through you know history of time and you can relate that to the world war you know like we at school were probably taught a lot about world war Two. <laughs> the youngsters now probably don't get the same level of depth that we were taught and they obviously get more disconnected so i think there's there's some bigger themes macro that are changing particularly around work culture we, we've, we've we've spoken offline a lot, a lot about you know in our line of work, how we find the culture of, of so bizarre <laughs> because we have people <laughs> a generation older than us who are in these leadership positions who are working in an organisation that's been the pattern of how they work have been dictated by their generation above them and the generation above them, and they've been slowly changing, but not enough. And I, I think the game industry is mm. is at that same phase where, Inflection yeah, point. where you know, yeah. I mean, I mean. What consoles have been around what thirty years now? Forty? I mean, probably the meat of it's probably lost thirty years now. Yeah, the, the the consoles that we we you know that that have basically built up this industry, you know, it's probably like thirty years or, so, or something along those lines. Yeah, isn't exactly. It? Yeah, so I, I think the way that these companies have been run, these companies have grown and adopted the corporate style of running an organisation from other industries, <laughs> and applied it to this, not it's organically got to the right way of running these type of companies and, and like you know you know i could talk about bungee forever but you know the 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 current ceo seems to have you know although they've had some issues come out right um but that was from the historic issues the, the ceo in the last two years you know they've been, they've been really pumping the diversity giving away free uh gate not game modes um like uh, items in game talking about it in their blog posts promoting it within the you know, Twitch and, and YouTube community, streamers and etc. And really seemed, and even going to some of the rallies around um, Me Too and uh, and etc. etc. So, you know, you know, they're, they're doing their bit to also influence the new gamers who, you know. Yeah, I, I take your point though. I mean, I, I do wonder, you know, if if some of the behaviours are just driven by like generations, if mm. you know what I mean. Some Some of the things my dad would have said in his day, I would never dream of saying right, you know, no way. Mm. <laughs> Those used to be, you know, their classes, you know, that's taboo, you mm. know what I mean? Don't go there. But that, that is also the evolution of where we're yeah. at, right? You know, whether you call it woke, woke culture <laughs> or, or cancel culture yeah, or, yeah. or other things like that. But that is just the way that things you say, you know, back in 10, 20 years ago, you just can't say these certain things today. 
Um, and that's just the the world has changed. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I personally don't understand it. I mean, one of the rules I kind of always have lived by is just you've got to respect people. Mm. Treat everybody mm. the same. It's just, uh, I've never understood it, why you wouldn't, uh, especially if people are, are quite capable. I don't know, it, it's, it's you know, it, maybe it is, in, it is in the generations. It's not so much... Uh, I don't know what you could, you know, it's, it's not just the work culture, it's like, it's like you said, Jay, it's like who's running the company. Yeah, I, I, I think uh, as the gaming industry evolves and the new generation are coming through, you know, what the company stands for making the game is going to, I think is going to come more and more important. Mm. Myself, for probably last couple of years thought, you know, as the generation before us thought, you know, you know we're, <laughs> compared to them, they used to say we're lazy, you know, we're, we uh, we're not disciplined enough, and 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 you know it's easy to think about you know the youngsters now and think about they they're they're not going to care they they'll just play Call of Duty whatever and they're just you know blindly I don't think that's the case I think youngsters you know youngsters drink less they're 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 more connected to what's going on um, mm. and I think they actually do care what the company that they are playing mm. games for stands for so I you know going back to your question. Yeah. Is he gonna? Uh, is he gonna stay? I, I, I'll. He'll hang on for a bit, like I was saying. But th- there's no way he's staying. And and there's a general theme across the industry that all these companies are mm. gonna, gonna have to do a better job of, of actually operating in the mode by which they really present themselves out. <laughs> Perception has to be reality. Mm. I'm I'm just fifty fifty about this. I just I just think he's. <laughs> I, I really am. I, I just think he's. Not to say that he he shouldn't kind of uh, step down and there shouldn't be a um, basically a, an exchange of patterns to somebody else that um, you know could better represent them in in the times that we we're in now. But I just feel he's got so much control and power, right? That you know, un, un, unless unless kind of sales revenue uh, and unless you know some of the maybe the, the big platform holders really refuse to do business i think they will i think i think they will there's too much light shown on it and like i was saying there's two parts of the equation there's the money generation and the right leaders to make value for shareholders and also the the platform platform owners like sony and mm-hmm. nintendo the other part is a people business if these people who mill the games don't believe in the company and the timing in the storm with COVID and reflection on, on on doing something important in your life, they will walk. And then as soon as a team or a pod of go, it's very hard to replicate the same capability that quickly. Mm. And, and yeah. I think like, there'll like be our, delays. Yeah. Yes, delays. Yeah. As I was saying, it, it'll, the games will suffer over the next two, three, four years if they don't make a change, and they'll know that. Yeah, yeah. I I think my concern is is that you know this guy is maybe the equivalent of uh, you know games industry you know Putin, like he'll <laughs> he'll move he'll move into maybe uh, the chairman role and he'll meld into the background, <laughs> but he'll still be controlling things. <laughs> be my only kiss. Well, yeah, if he owns twenty five percent, then yeah, he would by default you know it's kind of similar to what Jeff Bezos has done, right? He stepped down as technically the CEO. He will be he will still be on the board though. You'll still be, a, you know, a controlling individual in in that company, but he won't actually have to do anything with the logistical running of the company. So, you know, it's an option. Yeah, it's 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 real food for thought. I mean, I I, I mean, as with all of these things, you know, only only time would tell. And you know, I I know what I'd like to see. I'd like to see justice served. 
<laughs> That's the reality. I'd like to see justice served. And uh, let's be honest, right? You know, if that guy was to step down anytime soon, he, you know, he's leaving on top of a pile of money. That you know, it'd be honestly, mm. he's gonna not gonna be in a bad situation. Yeah, I, the thing is, and this is another topic, <laughs> nothing to do with gaming, but <laughs> people like that. Let me describe it this way, right? Um, I was listening to a Joe Rogan podcast where Mike Tyson was on there, and I was surprised about about the number of books he's actually read. And he read when he was at his peak, he was reading a lot of books around uh, dictators and world leaders. And he said every over the last thousands, few thousands of years, he said every single one of them who managed to live until later in their life regretted conquering the world and and actually butchering so many people (laughs) unless he's actually completely mad Mm. at some point in his life he will regret it you can sit on that pile of cash at some point (laughs) that cash means nothing you can keep piling it up and when you get to the later part of your life and you look back at what you've done and you and if you actually are are not um mad you will regret you might not <laughs> say it to people but you will regret being the way that you are that's my viewpoint yeah i mean it's an interesting viewpoint i mean i mean i i just think it's you know the things you hear about this company i mean the fact that jennifer o'neill get, did it not get a package on parity with the other coal head as they were going through all of this, and this again, it's just you know speculation, but this that's, that's what it, but that, that's what it's that's like. norm, that. that uh, sorry, I was using my words very carefully. I think we're all fully supportive mm. that should not happen. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It it happens all the time in all the industries. So I was going to correct. use the word normal, but that's the wrong word. But it, it's a recurring problem mm. that happens in every industry, and there are various reasons for that. Some of our uh, conscious and some of them are unconscious like one of the unconscious things that was mentioned to me by a female leader in a different mm-hmm. industry was that sometimes you know uh, women you know don't negotiate as hard so you know some mm. of it is down to to them not pushing it that hard hard they they, they they you know they, they they feel like they're getting a good package and getting the balance of you know making a difference whereas a guy would probably push a bit harder on the on the, on the or, you know in the salary and you know, so there, there are conscious things and unconscious things so but you know that that for me oh that wasn't a surprise because i think that's a problem across every industry yeah i do I do, mm. I do agree but i i also think that my god what were they thinking i mean how did they not think this was going to come out i mm. mean they're in the midst of a of a storm here right you you do what you can to ensure there's parity here yeah you know, not not to be disrespectful to Jennifer O'Neill, but I can't believe that one of the reasons she wasn't put in place as a coal head was as a PR kind of exercise. I mean, I'm sure she's extremely capable. And she would be in there and thereabouts. Yeah, but that must have been in the back of their minds. Yeah, and then to go, to go and do that, go all, to, all that trouble doing that, put her in place, and then yeah, well, you know, let's look at the package here. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, that's fine. Don't worry about it. You know, it'll never come out. You know, that that was just bizarre. It was just I just found that whole thing bizarre. Mm. It was just like but I you couldn't know, understand you, that. But you know how this how any corporate works, right? Because you know, it's like it'll be baked into some HR process, and then you know, you know, 
I'll be surprised they actually even had a meeting that was with the actual other rest of the the leaders and say, oh, okay, let's compare the salaries against everybody else's and see whether it's. Yeah, you know, that's that. It, 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 it doesn't happen like that, do they? Yeah, you know, HR will manage the process, and then, and then uh, I can, that's why I got missed. Because yeah, that's probably undeniable. It's, that's probably a lot, <laughs> a lot of what happened. I mean, I, I think one of the you know dangers we feel is that uh, we, we feel that um, some of these organisations are, 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 are that much more effective than the, than some others, mm. but they're actually all the same. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah too big. I don't know. Yeah. Too big. Exactly, too big. Yeah, I don't know how it works in US employment law, but I know in the UK ones, there's you know, very senior directors will always get... It's transparent. You can see it on the company report. Mm. So, you know, hiding stuff like that for a very senior person is almost... is impossible. But if the US is hiding that, then... Well, yeah, then this sort of yeah. stuff can happen. Yeah, yeah. So, guys, I think we've talked about Activision for quite a long time. I mean, Al, just one more thing. Like, do you think Coltex is going to stay or go? What's your view? Uh, my if I was to do a, if I was to do a bet, gone by the end of next year. Okay, so it looks like it's a, it's a it's a two one thing here. <laughs> so uh, Jay thinks uh, Coltex's gonna go. Out, you're the same. I think basically he's gonna. St- I think he's gonna st- weather this storm. Yeah. By some minor miracle, either that or he'll do a Putin move upstairs and then we'll kind of see him move downstairs at some I don't know I'm, I'm just a, that's my suspicion to all this but you know mm. you'll have more time to harass people if he gets moved <laughs> yeah, being a board member <laughs> that's what I'm, yeah. what I'm worried about okay guys I think uh, with that said let's move on to the next topic Right, guys, so the next topic I really want to talk about is really our favourite console gaming generations. And I thought this would be a nice way to really uh, bookend, you know, our year. Because this is probably going to be the last podcast we do this year. You know, and it's a good way for people to to get to know us, if you like, and get to know our kind of, like, gaming history. And and equally, people to understand what makes us tick. Really, I think what I want to get into is what generation... Obviously, I'll, I'll accept whatever machines are in that generation. Totally up to you guys. Yeah, but it has to be a console. Okay, it has to be a console. Mm-hmm. You can talk about the games. Obviously, the what, you know, the why, and it could be any number of reasons. Yeah, gaming rated or not, you know, whatever that may be. And just getting getting into that, and you know, uh, and again, if you want to talk about if the, if there was a, another generation that. That ran it quite close, you know, in your decision. You know, just say say why say why you picked one over the other. Yeah, and what maybe made it, you know, both interesting, you know. So I kinda of, it's quite open ended. But I think um what I'll do is actually I'll start I'll start with this one. Yeah, I'll start with this one. So mm-hmm. my favourite gaming generation is basically the generation that had PS2, GameCube, <laughs> and mm-hmm. Xbox. Yeah. And mm. the reason for this, mm. I think quite a simple one. For me, that's when this kind of uh, freeway dance we have right now started. Mm. Yeah. We had Sony with the PS2 flexing their muscles. 
and basically making history because obviously PS2 sold, you know, amazing. We had Xbox getting into the market and from the GameCube perspective, for me that was the last time um, I think Nintendo really wanted to, to compete with the arms race, the technology mm. arms race. You know, before they kind of did other things like the, the Wii, we use switch, switches, so on and so forth. And I, I owned every one of those consoles as well. So that was one of the generations where I just said, you know, I'll, I'll own every one of them. Also, if you, if you look at yeah. the games you had on these, you know, these consoles, PS2, Ico, Shadow of the Colossus, Jack and da Daxter from Naughty Dog, Ratchet and Clank, oh, a couple okay. of iterations. Up Your Arsenal was one of the iterations. God of War, yeah. Metal Gear Solid oh, Snake Eater. <laughs> Devil May Cry, I love Devil May Cry. Silent Hill 2. Fa Final Fantasy 10 and 12. Disgaea, if you loved your turn-based. And GTA 3. Vice City San Andreas. At the time, huge games, big games, technically amazing. I don't know if you guys have uh, loved your shoot maps, but Gradius 5, amazing. And yep. Virtual Fighter 4 Evolution, because I used to love my beat maps at that stage. Tekken 5, yep. SSX Tricky. Oh, what a game. Oh, what a game. Yeah, exactly. What a <laughs> game, right? Zone of the Enders, if you guys remember that. I played that. that one, yeah. Yeah. And you, you guys may, may not like this, but, you know, Armored Call. I used to play a lot of Armored Call, and we, we talked about customization, mm. and that that game was all about the customization builds. Time Splitters, oh. yeah, Future Perfect, yeah, right. I don't know if you remember yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, you know, I like that game too. Yeah, put the four way into four way multiplayer. Yeah, it was it was like yeah. uh, for the makers of Golden, wasn't it? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, yeah. And then Boulder's Gate, Dark Alliance, which not many people. Maybe we'll remember because there was a there was a recent Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance, which I think is a a third-person action game. But the original on PS2 was an overhead Diablo-like experience, and for its time, it looked amazing. Yeah, and again, about your character builds. Now that was just on the PS2, GameCube, Super Mario Sunshine. Yeah, Super Mario Sunshine. I didn't like Very that. different. I didn't, I didn't like that game, but you're gone. <laughs> Yeah, Resident Evil <laughs> 4. Oh, what a game. Ch it changed what Resident Evil, Evil was. Metroid Prime. Metroid Prime, right. Mm. And then, one of my, my personal favourite, F-Zero GX on GameCube. <laughs> yep. Wow. Yep. Yeah. Wiped out, wipe out in my view. Yep. You had The Legend of Zelda Wind Waker on that. Obviously, Mario Kart's Mario Kart. Another personal favourite of mine. Ikaruga, which is a shoot 'em up, vertical, amazing. Uh, I think it's this was from, I can't remember now. I think it was either from Cable Treasure software. And if you guys remember Beautiful Joel, yeah, some yeah. old school 2D yeah. stylized combat. I never played it, but it looked pretty good. Yeah, it was an amazing game. It was just, it was just, you know, very impactful and like, you know, a lot of fun. Uh, they had Star Wars Rogue Leader there as a launch title. Yeah. And I think just I just remember that. I mean, um, I mean, I had something similar on on the N sixty four. We, we Rogue, talked about Rogue earlier. Squadron. Yeah, but Rogue Leader had um, they got the Death Star looking like the Death Star. Mm. 
Yeah. Yeah. With your with your X wing going down, and that's that's all I can say about it. You know, for the time, I think, wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. We right. And of course, Xbox. Halo in Halo Two, Knights mm. of the Old Republic, Fable, Jet Set Radio Future. I don't know if you guys played the Chronicles of Riddick. Uh, Amazing game. Yeah, no, I love the film, but it was a good game. I know it was got ten out of ten, didn't it? Or ten out of ten. So. Burnout Free, Takedown on the Xbox yeah. was amazing. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> that was a good. That was a good franchise. Atolgi, Myth of Demons. I'm not sure if you guys would have played that. It's a From Software game. Before they did the whole Demon Souls and you know Dark Souls thing, yeah, the Souls thing. Project Gotham Racing, Ninja Gaiden, made itself on the Xbox. Uh, a little personal favourite of mine, Panzer Dragoon. Mm. Yeah, it's basically Space Harrier with dragons is what it was. Yeah. <laughs> is it is it like a Star Fox sixty four? It pretty much is. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty much. And Star Fox is like you know. Space Harrier with 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 kind of spaceships. You know, oh, Lilac Wars! On, it was just called. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. On the rails type of kind of action, and obviously, Dead or Alive Three, Dead or Alive Three, yeah, with its bounce physics. This is probably not that too PC, PC <laughs> these days, but that's what happened. Right? Was Soul Calibur on there as well? Yeah, it? yeah. That's where Soul yeah. Calibur start to kind of like. Uh, I think Soul Calibur. It was Dreamcast, wasn't it? When it was... Yeah, it started on Dreamcast and then made its way over to, I think, all the other consoles yeah. at that point. Yeah. And one fun fact, though I'd never played Psychonauts, the first Psychonauts was on the original Xbox. Mm. And now we've got, obviously, the sequel, you know, on the, on the uh, current gen Series X and S and PC. So that is my pick anyway. I just, you know, <laughs> and dude, I had, you know, basically I spent a bloody... In, in in real kind of terms, a ton of money on games at that point. I was just yeah. gonna, I was gonna say you must <laughs> yeah. have been you must have been filthy rich in your thirties. I just had I just had a lot of uh, you know income to burn at that point. Yeah, and that's all I did. And I remember with the PS2 as well, I had uh, all the light gun games as well, plus the light guns. Oh, Time Crisis. Mm. Yeah, Time Crisis. What was it Point uh, Blank? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Point Blank. And you had the there was one with. Uh, Ninja themed, old school Japan, and another. I think there was a vamp vampire based one from Sega. Just House oh, of the ha- Dead. Oh, House of <laughs> the Dead. You know, just basically had all of that kind of stuff going on in my living room. You know, um, every one of these, every one of these consoles I own, I had four kind of control pads for, if, if, and yeah, obviously the adapter for the PS2. So. Yeah, and you, it felt like yeah. arcade level graphics at home, didn't it? At that uh, period, mm. which was a big thing. You know, arcade graphics aren't that good now. <laughs> it's the yeah, yeah, are strong. But at that time, they were always leading, and then it suddenly caught up with it, didn't it? So yeah, in in, in some ways yeah. exceeded it. You yeah. know, or you know, there was parity, and in some cases, it was it was better than parity. So, I mean, you know, I just got um, a stash of these games that are basically seeing my mum's kind of like uh, house at this point. Probably gonna. Hopefully, it's gonna be worth a fortune at some point. You know, <laughs> all the old consoles are working, which is you know, which is good. Um, but yeah, yeah f- unfortunately, those ones won't be in cellophane anymore. No, no, they won't. They won't. <laughs> I mean, I put I put them to really good use at at the time. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, just just you know, groundbreaking times. I mean, Xbox kind of uh, getting involved. Mm. You know, um, mm. giving us Halo. Okay. PS2, obviously, that's when they started to flex their, in my humble opinion, that's when they 
started basically doing the whole first party thing and you kind of saw these um, big titles come out of them and there, there was some experimentation as well as they were finding their feet like I played stuff like Primal it was a first party title I think but it's largely forgotten these days yeah so there was you know they, they did try things out let's put it that way uh, I know this isn't the topic but you know I just feel excited when you mention all those games because that was a period where you, you didn't get it absorbed into one big game and then maybe have a bit of time to play a few others <laughs> you know each yeah. game was kind of smaller <laughs> a, a, a short experience and you could experience a lot of them and each yeah. game was very different that you've called the less there nowadays it's <laughs> each one is just draws you in and you kind of have to grind your way <laughs> to keep going right yeah and, and half the games as well you, you didn't have to invest a whole life into it you could pick up and play quite easily mm. Uh, the it, mechanics weren't as sophisticated. Exactly. And I think we're, that's when Nintendo, mm. the Switch, has stayed in that space. Mm. Um, but yeah, yeah, they have. Interesting list. You know, good for them as well. I mean, like, it's, it's allowed them to not to play the kind of, um, I think... The race, the arms race. Yeah, the arms race, technology arms race card. Because, you know, their, their games and their characters, um, you know, can be done with kind of lower spec hardware. They're, they're not trying to be uber realistic or photo realistic or whatever it may be focus on fun gameplay yeah yeah and someone, someone needs to someone needs yeah. to so guys that that is my pick because like you know <laughs> much love to that generation I think what, what I will say right there's this it was a it was a toss up between the, well, it wasn't quite a toss up I mean this was always gonna get my pick here but the other thing that it was vying against was actually um the Xbox 360 and PS3 and obviously uh, Wii generation. More of a technology arms race. And then obviously Nintendo doing other things, if you like. <laughs> Microsoft and Xbox were, were a genuine bona fide competitor. Yeah, they, were, they were winning most of that generation for most of the time. You know, Sony was, was forced to produce good software to try and turn the tide. And uh, hence, at this, you know, right now, Sony's first party is super strong. Because you think about what they released, you know, Uncharted 2, you know, stuff like that. But the early part of that generation, you know, wasn't great. So, but yeah, that that was the, that was my other pick. But you know, it wasn't that close, if I'm being honest. Was it was the first Uncharted on PS3, or was it? It was PS3. Yes, PS3. PS3. Yeah. So uh, they moved. I think Naughty Dog worked exclusively on Jack and Daxter. Yeah, I played all three of those games. I love them. Yeah, yeah, great games. Right. And then they kind of left that behind and then they kind of went to um, uh, Uncharted. And that's when we saw Insomniac. Obviously, they carried the carriage kind of like Ratchet and Clank forward, but they got into, into Resistance. Oh, that you know, was Resistance good game 2 as well, was a yeah. you know, a favourite of mine. You know, Halo 3. And, you know, there's all sorts of stuff as well. But it's, it's again, great generation. But GameCube, PS2, Xbox—that's the generation for me. <laughs> okay, who's next? Um, yeah, I'll, I'll happily go next. I mean, it's a hard one, right? But I, I'm stuck between two generations. But my kind of uh, lane, let's let's call it so, uh, such, um, is probably N Nintendo and. I'm going to come at come come at it from an angle of how it made me feel so excited and and um, I, I guess I start with the SNES 
And I never actually owned one. <laughs> but I have fond mm-hmm. memories of just going to birthday party sleepovers at friends. I, I had a Mega Drive. <laughs> but, you know, stuff like <laughs> playing Mario Kart all <laughs> night and not sleeping. You know, like with uh, friends' houses at birthday parties with like five to ten of us. Uh, Street Fighter, Bomberman. Mm. Um, Bomberman. But yeah, classic. Classic. And then, and then, like, you know, just going to Blockbusters and renting a game for those birthday parties. <laughs> um, and then, uh, I mean, what other games for the for the SNES can I go into? Uh, Pilot Wings, Star Fox. I mean, in hindsight, when you play a lot of those games now, they, they don't really hold up. But at the time, it just, when I see them on YouTube, or you felt like a kid. You felt, you know... <laughs> Those will always stick with me, and 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 then the next generation was the the N sixty four. I haven't actually told anybody this, but I I, I managed. So I actually I, I got one and <laughs> for Christmas, <laughs> and I actually was I, I had opened the box and I was playing it secretly <laughs> before Christmas Day. <laughs> I had Lilac Wars. What a game! How did you do that? You need to plug that thing in, don't you? Yeah, you know, it was. I, 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 I don't know how I did it, but I was taking it out of the box, and I, I wasn't unwrap, unwrapping all the cables. <laughs> um, but yeah, so um, I had Lilac Wars, and like just playing Mario sixty four. Ah, that was a mad. That was uh, yeah. I remember, I remember, I remember, I remember was... you know they used to have those kiosks in like you know H and V, and you see that like what three D. The graphics yeah. were mind blowing, and then and obviously just a fun game. Um, uh, and then Rogue Squadron, I mean I used to love that was what a mm, game. Mm. I had a little expansion pack you put in the in the in the N sixty four just to boost the graphics. So your Horizon was just a bit, it was just a marginally better. Um, <laughs> uh, what else is there? Oh, Diddy Kong Racing. I don't know if you ever played that one, but it's like, I did, yeah. Yeah, like Mario Kart, where you could fly mm. and there's hovercrafts and carts. <laughs> well, no, well, they've obviously taken in the two things amalgamated now. Yeah. Because I remember, like, um, that's that's what kind of uh, Mario has done recently, hasn't he? Exactly. And, and then the Banjo Kazooie. Um, and and I know a lot of people talk about the N64, they had a lot of crap games, but as a kid playing them, I thought they were all amazing. Killer, Killer Instinct. Yes, Killer Instinct. <laughs> oh my God! You do like a sixty-four hit. Like we remember, we're going to birthday parties. There's more on the snares, more so. Where trying to get the sixty-four hit combo, and your your fingers are absolutely mashed from trying to do the moves for hours. <laughs> you pass the controller on, and someone will pull it off, and you all get so excited. Um, oh, um, on the snares, also kind of like uh, Donkey Kong Country. Wow, the graphics were yeah. absolutely amazing at the time. The platforming, yeah. So I mean, th- those are the two generations. If I had to pick one, I, mean, I could relate to everything that you, that you called out around the kind of the PS2 and the, especially the Xbox. Where I, again, I saw that Halo and played it in those kiosks in HMV. <laughs> and I was like, I've got, I've just, <laughs> I've got to get one of these and uh, one of these. And um, I, I managed to get uh, uh, me and my friend. He, he knew someone. He, he managed to get like a, a cheap Dell lap, uh, laptop, and I also got a a developer Xbox, 
Uh, so it was a see-through green, which I, I regretted mm. because it actually st- it stopped working after about a year and a half. But <laughs> and it was it was actually no benefit. I thought I was getting this cool see-through Xbox, but it had these extra ports in the back and some extra cables, which I, I didn't, at the time I didn't know what I could do with it. Um, but uh, I'd probably say 50 quid. But uh, but Halo, I can relate to that. It was amazing. Um, but yeah, coming back to what I was saying, I think the snares, which I never owned, um, and the N64, which I did, you know, days of makes very... me want to whip out my emulator because <laughs> I've got I've got so many of those game, games still, and I, you know, like, um, and um, I just it kind of it just makes me want to kind of like just play play mm. some, you know. Yeah, I, 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 when you mentioned the PS2 about all of these kind of like turn-based games, which I've only kind of started to like in the last couple of years i wish i was more into that at the time and i missed out on like final fantasy 7 and but yeah that, that, those two those two generations I, I really enjoyed i'm trying to I'm trying to emulate that for my kids as well so, <laughs> so yeah. you've got a lot of wonder i mean the thing is that somebody especially with nintendo you it's, I, don't, I, don't, I don't i wouldn't call it shock and all because it's the type of games i have also but you get a lot of wonder you know you kind of like boot up a, a snares or a n64 game and you kind of like you feel good if you know what I mean. It's just gonna like the graphics and the feel of the game, and it always controls well at the time. At least that's what I re- I, I remember of it. And they they always slick. They're fun. It, it, they're just they're just fun. And I, I think the Nintendo Switch, the first party games, the all of them are are, are hit. Well, I've been Smash Brothers. I've owned on the Switch, and I haven't really played it. I've I've been playing it recently. It's so good. Each of the each each of the characters are from some of them are like you know it's it's got um, characters from from non Nintendo games but it's like a gateway into games that you've played in the past just by a single character and the game I think the game's got like seventy odd characters or something so it's they know what they're doing absolutely crazy but um, yeah mm. and and long may it continue. <laughs> So yeah, yeah that's that's, like the, that's that's the Nintendo magic. Right? Like that's kid. that's actually a good mm. way of translating what I meant by wonder. That it just makes you feel like a kid. It kind of like transports you back and like mm. you just feel good playing them. I, mean, I don't know how to put it. It's just like you know, it's like it's like Christmas. It's like Christmas morning. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? And opening <laughs> that present. It's like Christmas morning. Yeah. Uh, I, my, my, my kids when we watched uh, the uh, Snowman today, and that, that for me, yeah, watching that and hearing the music, it's like a a portal back into being a child, <laughs> and that's the same feeling with the, with the, with the N6 snares and the N64. You can't beat it. But yeah, that's that's me. Al, do you want to? I, I yeah, I think I'm very similar, Jay. Like I was right in between those two, so it was either the SNES or the PlayStation genre, and I'm and I'm going with the PlayStation one. So PlayStation, N64, Sega Saturn, that generation. I think PlayStation coming onto the scene, huge game changer. You know, it's the end of Sega, really. The beginning of the end of Sega. <laughs> and, you know, I, I don't know if Xbox, I guess, was the, the one after. But, um, you know, it kind of set the scene. And Sony just absolutely trounced. You know, they, they did so well. Um, and it's one of those things that, you know, I was... I, I played tons and tons of games on, this, on the PlayStation 1. And um, I still love it to bits. It, it, it was a shame that the, um, you know, the retro... PlayStation One Mini wasn't um, wasn't that well emulated because I would have got one of those as well. I've got one of the SNES Minis, but yeah, my my I think my favorite generation is that PlayStation N sixty four. There's so many good games. Sony came up with so many of the sort of key 
key def- game you know, sort of defining games that maybe not themselves as a studio, but you know things like the Final Fantasy series really kicked off off the back of that. The Gran Turismo series, um, Tekken, yeah, Metal Gear Solid. There's just so many great games on the PlayStation One that. That was like a movie, wasn't it? It was like the first time you kind of movie game. And, and it was that, you know, you, you, we mentioned Time Crisis earlier. That was that. That was the one where I started getting those, um, the the sort of light, you know, the light guns, and it was just, you know, I didn't have to spend a pound a pop, you know, <laughs> to go for a, for and, and it, I, you know, the amount I, I played Time Crisis to death on my PlayStation One, and I absolutely loved it. You know, was able to, you know, pre-predict all the all the all the characters coming out. You know, was clearing it nice and well, but. But that's what you get from from having that sort of arcade experience at home, then, and that was the that was probably the the main one that really got me going. Um, yeah, I absolutely enjoyed the SNES, but PlayStation One, PlayStation, yeah, amazing. I, you know, that definitely was a bit of a game changing generation. It kind of changed everything. Sega kind of disappeared as a hardware manufacturer at that point. You know, they just stopped. Yeah, they had, they had one more, but you know, the Dreamcast, but that that quickly died. But it was the beginning of the end for Sega in terms of hardware. Mm. Yeah, I mean, there was so much good stuff on the PlayStation. I mean, like you said, I mean, Gran Turismo was the first, I think, console game I kind of uh, looked at and I said, God, why does that look, is that, is that real life? <laughs> kind of like, I remember, I remember listening to it the first time because mm. like, nothing, yeah, Gran Turismo. Yeah, nothing mm. looked like that or was, or moved like that. It was just like, damn, is that real life? What is that? Is it that a rent- is that pushed- kind of video? What is that? It pushed the bar up for sure, right? There was mm. all of those reactions and trailers where people would be watching a, a video of Gran Turismo in a in a in a TV shop or something, yeah. and they'd be like, "Oh, is that is that a, is that a race going on and stuff yeah. like that?" So, um, oh, yeah. uh, the other one I forgot was um, uh, Wipeout. Brilliant game. Um, I got a, absolutely that was the beginning of that series for me, and and that was immense. Um, I, I still I still love and enjoy yeah. a good Wipeout. I, game. I, um, yeah. I remember kind of like because I, I waited a year till I got the PlayStation and um, mm. and I, I just remember basically coming out of H- was it I think it was probably HMV at the time obviously now now long mm. defunct but uh, you know having the PS and Gran Turismo and I think I had Tekken Tekken Three mm. and mm. I was just so excited to get home my God I was so <laughs> excited I just Tekken, you know Tekken so good yeah. I've just uh, I just had a thought of uh, sorry on the N sixty four, which was the Zelda. Yes, yes, um, absolutely generation defining. I think there was ones on on the N sixty four. God, did you guys ever used to go to one of these places where you, where you could you could hire a PC or a console for an hour? <laughs> I, I, not so much a console, but I mean, kind kind of, of... I think I've done something like that for a PC. Mm. Okay, because there used to be a place where you could like you could hire a, a console for a uh, you know an hour, and I'm playing Zelda there. Mm. It was an import actually. It was Zelda import. I was playing that. Probably yeah, playing just that. amazing <laughs> times. I mean, um, I just remember Tekken Three. I mean, um, especially Tekken Three. I mean, because I just remember mm. just sitting that on, down on that game for hours and hours. Just and, and I literally finished it with every character multiple times, um, and I've. To this state, right? I've never been, um, let's say, as good with a beat 'em up as I was with that game, because that's all mm. I was playing for a long time. <laughs> you know, my mates at the time used to be hugely frustrated at me. You know, couch cult was a big thing, and they used to get their arms kicked all the time. 
that game was just sit me sitting down there just learning every single move yeah really great times with PlayStation but yeah turning on the tide definitely I do regret that um, I never actually got my hands on a Sega Saturn because mm. you know obviously this whole ritual thing in the back of my mind is a real thing now and I'm, I kind of feel like I kind of one day want to get my hands on the real hardware you know like <laughs> I don't know why I don't know why mm. I want, want to do that I have no idea it doesn't make any sense to me an unfulfilled dream. <laughs> yeah, it is a little bit. Right, um, because it, it's it's a great 2D sprite-based kind of console as well, if you like that sort of thing. Again, it was one of the, it, it was a very kind of interesting piece of hardware, you know, what we're trying to do with it, so. And this just, the PlayStation emulator, I'm just looking at Amazon now, what was the, it was the list of games that pretty good yeah, it's got? Yeah, it, it was pretty good in terms of the lineup that it had on it, but unfortunately the game, the, the emulator, the machine itself just doesn't play it well, so you had you had frame drops and stuff like that, which is just, just you just can't uh, really right. accept it, so really unfortunate the way they did that, because otherwise I would have bought it as well. Yeah, it wasn't, wasn't great. Oh, they're, they're, they're no, it has, it has to be, a, you, you know, hardware, to be of um, be, slightly better hardware. Even even like because it wasn't that it wasn't that expensive. I, I think when I looked at it, I was like, if they just put a bit more hardware onto it, would have been perfect. Um, but yeah, it's a bit a bit unfortunate that one. And it just jumped onto the bandwagon mm-hmm. of the of the, the, the of retro this, minis, you know, yeah. snares and snares yeah, minis. Yeah, yeah. and retro is a real thing mm-hmm. now. It's um, but it's a shame they didn't do a better job with it. You know, I mean. There's a there's a slim outside chance, and it actually it's not slim, it's microscopic, that Sony will actually do something mm. about it and maybe kind of release another iteration. But it's, yeah, real shame. That's a topic for another time. But there there's rumours, aren't there? They're coming out with a Game Pass. Mm. Yeah. Uh, next year with a tiered model, and I imagine one of the tiers has probably got access to some of the retro games. But it'll be like probably emulated on hate, on a server. Yeah, the I'm, I'm not sure. I mean, I I, I, I my own personal feeling is it's going to be. Um, um, Amazon Prime type of offering mm. where you get it's going to be multifaceted is what I believe but it's um, I, I really don't like the idea of this free tier thing they're talking about I mean the, at least the press mm-hmm, are talking mm-hmm. about I mean it's called Project Spartacus yeah and um, but like free tiers that sounds absolutely confusing <laughs> I think they should just buff up what they have ever so slightly just to give it a bit more of a value add and then have this ultimate tier or pro tier, what the hell they want to call it. But just this kind of free tier thing. I don't know if it's going to be a fork in a road. You've got the basic and then you can have, you, you can go retro, you can do this. It just, didn't, to me, it doesn't make any sense. But, you know, we'll see. They've got to do something, I'm sure. You know, if, if not anything for anything else, just to kind of consolidate what they have. Was there, any, was there anything else, Al, on the, on the PlayStation side that you... No, uh... I just think that generation was was amazing like resident evil and yeah Darby. remember that <laughs> absolutely loved them um oh we I, i've forgotten about things like um more arcadey ones but like ridge racer was was also you know one of the series that it started but it's, oh, it's, wow. it's died a death now but it was one of those again quite defining for a playstation one yeah just a amazing format and and the competition was was just perfect i think timing wise the way that it came in so i think sony redefined what the um console or gaming could be if you know what I mean because b- before that point uh, the people that used to basically play games were strictly mm. kind of uh, young to mid-teens I think but they kind of opened it up to kind of like young ad- young adults or you know uh, 20 to 30 year olds if, if you like yeah and then you know obviously Nintendo did something something similar to Wii further than line when they opened it up even further but 
It's yeah, it's a very interesting, really, really important generation. I mean, I think <laughs> the, the thing is, every generation is yep. important. Yep. <laughs> That's why it's so difficult to pick a, to, you know, to pick one. Just the last kind of question for me is: Do you think that any of the new or current console uh, generation or generation just gone out give you the same sort of feeling <laughs> of fun? As we did used to have with some of these retro consoles, or, or, and if they don't, do you think that's a, because we're getting older now, and you know there's a magic of, around when you're a child playing stuff or a young adult? Joe, do you want to go first? I, I'll try and answer that. I, I, I think there's a lot to do with your age, obviously, because the uh, feeling of wonder. It's much more difficult to achieve, I think. Plus, like the older we've got with games, right? We're more critical, if you know what I mean. Because we play so many bloody games, right? I mean, like you're going to be more critical naturally, right? And because you've learned more about technology and gaming and just the wider world, right? You're going to see things that you didn't see when you were that age. And I also think our time is really much more important to us now. Yeah, we can't. We simply can't sit there for eight hours and whittle it away and be okay with a shit game. That ain't gonna hack it, right? That's not gonna work. <laughs> okay, never. But I will say this: I I, I don't feel any less impressed with um, some of the games I've experienced recently. Yeah, no less impressed. But again, it goes back to me kind of looking at them through a much more of a critical eye. Yeah, and there are times I find myself being kind of forgetting about that side of you know my brain and just I'm just gonna play the game, and that's when I totally start getting you know getting into it and I forget about any any of this this assessment that you we naturally do these days. And at that point, for for a short amount of time, right, I, I get the same sort of kind of vibe and and feeling from it, but it's not the whole time. Um, just before Al jumps in with his view, I just to. I, I would say I get similarly excited, like you just said, but the duration of that excitement is probably shorter. But I do have those moments, and I, and I think to myself, oh man, I love games, and I'm loving this game right now. Definitely, there, definitely, there are moments you say, damn, yeah. this is why I love games. I'm living. This is, this is I'm why. enjoying life. You know? Yeah, yeah, definitely, you, you yeah. get that. Yeah, I think my view on this is like, I don't know, I think it's, the experiences are, you know, I'm still waiting for something new. I think is is the problem. I think with a lot of the the generations that we move through, whether it's from two to three in terms of PlayStation or three to four, and even to four to five now, it's I'm kind of waiting for something else. And if if I look at the PlayStation Five, because I wasn't being you know I wasn't jumping at trying to get a PlayStation Five, and still still aren't really. I you know I maybe get it for for the next Gran Turismo, um, but I'm I'm waiting for stuff like. PSVR too, you know. I, I'm looking for something different, something a bit more interesting to to kind of get me going. And I guess maybe it's also because I've got PCs and things that I'm I'm kind of got accessibility to. Because I guess back when I was a kid, I just wouldn't have accessibility to 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 most of this stuff. You know, the arcades were one of those things you 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 just so you know just so happened to go past and you'd enjoy playing that arcade game with um you know with your your friends and your family or, and stuff like that. But um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's definitely changed. It's our age, maybe. Um, but part of me is also thinking that, you know, it, it just needs a bit more of that new, new kind of 
nuance to gaming and gameplay that I'm kind of looking for. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll basically speak on this when we kind of wrap up properly, right? But because I've just, you know, obviously, I've just I finished Ratchet mm, and Clank, mm. and um, there is there is something to this whole SSD thing. And it's it's probably not what we think it is, mm-hmm. right? But um, I will say that the SSD is about keeping you in that moment mm-hmm. for that bit longer. <laughs> mm-hmm. And if they design it properly, they design the game around that, right? You're gonna feel, you know, those feelings mm-hmm. you had for, mm-hmm. for maybe a little bit longer. Not 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 for when we were sixteen <laughs> or anything like that. That ain't gonna happen again. Those guys, that, that it, time's gone. It's interesting because when when when, <laughs> when when you're kind of in a level and they've just done a filler while it's loading the next bit on a lift or whatever you get distracted by your phone or by other things going in your room you, the immersion mm. gets broken and lost and, and, and is that what you're saying that you, you had in Ratchet and Clank you were you were yeah, yeah part, partly longer. but that's definitely what I'm saying actually not partly mm. that's definitely what mm. I'm saying but equally like they can they can design the kind of um, scenarios and gameplay around that like um, you know when you when you write a scene for a movie these days you can be as outlandish and as kind of create you know out there as as you want because if you've got the money you can deliver it you're not you're not bound by some of the limitations of say a console or a pc or anything like that the ssds to some uh, way kind of like address that also because um you could be having a boss battle in this scenario then all of a sudden okay we're going to switch it you're going to be here now you're not going to be in that scenario where you're loading a screen or you're in a lift a subway or you're going you, you, you're going through a crack you're just there right and um, that just basically keeps your attention on on what's going on that much longer if, if yeah, I hope it's, I'm explaining it's, like, it's kind of like a, like if you're racing a car the straight bits are not a bit boring but it's the bends and the turning that the so you're constantly right. turning around this racetrack <laughs> <train> constantly <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a very good way of, of that's a very very good analogy. Games designers with this technology in this generation can deliver you many more bends. Yeah, many more bends, and yeah, that, that that's that's no. I mean, I, I think I finally get it because that you know when I initially thought about all of this, it was just about pure technology, stats. They can do this, they can do that. You know, but um, really. We're talking about outcomes. Yeah, I think that's why Nintendo, like, let's talk about Smash Brothers, right? Just as an example, like, uh, the you know, graphics are good enough, they're not amazing, the textures are basic, but you look at the characters, you get drawn into their world when you play them, and, and then it brings about memories, and, and and they have fun animations, and you just feel that excitement, right? And uh, uh, mm. and so you, and I think some of the the I think you're saying the same thing. Some of the games on the more powerful consoles are either really good or they're shit. There's not many games in the middle. That middle market's kind of come, mm. dropped out a little bit. Um, and you think there'll be there'll be a there'll be a resurgence of some of the gooder games in the in probably the middle, I'd say. But just by the fact that the 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 world design is going to change now, basically. That's where going back to what Al was saying is, I. I'm of the belief as well that, uh, and kind of why I, I'm I'm losing interest in. I'm happy to play Destiny just on my PS5, and then maybe there's a few other games that come 
out that are, that are like Star like Starfield. Let's say that it might, it might be might have a feeling of, of adventure like I got from Breath of the Wild, right? And I would want to play it. But until VR comes and there's a complete shift, or what you're describing about the 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 world design fundamentally changes. I think that would be probably the, those the two next levels of excitement where it's going to come from. That makes sense to me. Yeah. Hmm. And imagine if uh, PSVR 2 was usable on your PC as well. PS, if, yeah. if only. Yeah. If only. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just just uh, um, quickly on that. You know, like if I take Destiny as an example, right? The guns are fun. The, uh, the playing as a group is fun. Chasing for a weapon that's elusive is fun. But if I look at the actual level designs, you know, they're very static mm. and re- re- repeating kind of yep. reuse assets and lots of like <laughs> loading areas. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it's, that is it's boring in that sense. Yeah. Jay, if Destiny at some point was able to leverage not just this SSD, because that's just a bit of hardware. But they were to leverage direct storage and whatever the, the PS kind yeah. of five uses. You would, guys would be raiding like <laughs> anything because those raids would be. I can only imagine they would be absolutely amazing. Yeah, and I'll, I'll kind of try and elaborate when we're kind of wrapping up. But um, to what I, I mean, I, I can right, imagine um, like I'm just like my brain is thinking yeah. about like some sort of like some water tank with all these objects floating and doing some dynamic stuff and. You know, you do the raid, and that encounter is literally never the same again because of all the dynamic stuff versus the static level. Pulling lever, the variation level of variation would yeah, just take a yeah. step up. It would just be pushed up straight away. You know, what I mean, if they, if they could design around that. Yeah, I, I'd almost kind of forgotten about the impact of Ratchet and Clank and what they've done with that, and that being the first generation game mm. doing that as well. It's amazing. Yeah, I, I can't. Because I, I, I was a bit. I mean, we'll get to it at the end, but we'll get to it. Yeah, yeah. Again, and I think you know, like I think we got we we all, we we all know you know uh, our fave generations. Obviously, PS2, GameCube, Xbox. For me, Jay, you've got two. You've got the the snares and N64. You know, and Al, PlayStation, Sega, Saturn. You know, what the hell was kind of Nintendo doing back then? It was it. It was N64. N64. Was it, was it was N64. N64. Yeah. They were in between snares to N64. Yeah, that's right. That's right. But it's all you know. They're also important. Mm. That's the thing. It's like it's very difficult to pick one because like you know, there's there's really joyful moments through all of those generations. Yeah. But guys, with that all said and done, before this turns into a future state of gaming conversation, yeah, <laughs> we gotta we gotta we gotta call it, and we gotta you know, I think it's time to say kind of goodbye and wrap up. Yeah. Cool. So guys, it's got to that uh, time in the, the night, day, or otherwise. I asked them the regular questions, you know, uh, what tech and gaming stuff have we been doing? We say goodbyes, but equally, I just, you know, this is going to be the last podcast this year. So just, a, you know, a, a couple of sentences or some words about, you know, what we thought of um, the year that's now kind of on its way out. 2021's gone or going and what we hoped or hopes for the new year. And then, you know, call time for the year, I think. <laughs> yeah. I think, Al, I'm going to start with you cool. this time. Um... Youngest, youngest <laughs> first. <laughs> British. 
Um, oh god, okay, so gaming-wise, pretty much the same, so, um, you know, Diablo 2 Resurrected, probably, actually, I've been so busy at work that I think I've been struggling to find time for stuff, like, I've, I, yeah, I've been giving up Genshin quite a bit, started to pick it up again, still played, you know, uh, Polishing Grey Raven and stuff like that, but it, it has been very light for me, um, on that sort of stuff, whilst, um, the kind of rush up to Christmas, and now, now that I'm, I'm, I'm kind of off work now um, until the new year. Um, you know, hopefully get some more time to go and do stuff. You know, I've still got the backlog of I've got a new SSD I need to install. I've got the thermal pads I want to install onto my um, onto my graphics card. Um, but yeah, there's there's just those sorts of things that I still want to do. Um, but hopefully have have a bit of time for. Yeah, I don't know. I think for for this year it's been interesting. I, I didn't expect myself to be so immersed by mobile games. <laughs> <laughs> and um and the stuff around you know whether it's Genshin or uh, Punishing Great Raven that those have been eye opening for me I think throughout this year and it's interesting those those kind of gambling gacha based systems that are in there there is things that we probably still need to talk about around gambling and gambling addiction but yeah it's it's, it's massively interesting and it's probably the way gaming is slowly going towards and there probably needs to be I don't know more safeguards, more education, more stuff around it to to protect people because there are there are you know significant dangers associated with it too uh, and stuff like that and and I don't know I, I think I'm probably looking forward to next year is the real kickoff to PlayStation Five and the Xbox um, the real battle to actually happen I think is is what I'm expecting into next year um, you know obviously COVID etc has has produced numbers of delays where it's supply chain or other things. But I'm I'm kind of looking forward to that PlayStation and Xbox battle in its in its in its kind of I guess higher gear now you know going in full throttle to an extent um, now that uh, we're seeing more of those releases coming out so um, yeah if if there is truly a battle yeah. <laughs> yes <laughs> they're all battling into one another is also up for debate yeah well. yeah so that's that's what I'm kind of looking forward to and. Yeah, and I think if anything, I'm, I'm, I just, I would love to see the PlayStation VR two, hopefully next year. Fingers crossed, but um, I don't know. And and for PC also. If, if it comes to PC, it's <laughs> it's a guaranteed buy for me. Um, it, it will but, do. Um, yeah, I, yeah. I think that would be smart. I think that would be. They, they are definitely pushing PC as part of their this generation. Mm. This, this, it'll be yeah. on there for sure. Yeah. Yeah. The more I thought about it, the more I felt that. Is, is there any reason not to, you know? Especially with the metaverse yeah. stuff happening as well. <laughs> exactly. Whatever that means. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know. I don't think the, you know, I don't know. There's there's obviously the, the multiple flavors of the metaverse that's going to be out there, I think, into next year. But I don't expect them to be really, really working, operating that well into next year. Oh, yeah. Um, feels like five years away. The, ne- the year beyond that. Five yeah, and, and stuff like that. So, um. But yeah, yeah, that's that's the sort of things I'm looking at. Cool, Al. Significantly geeky, which is good. <laughs> and, but you know, you got to get off those mobile games, man. Yeah, <laughs> that's what you need to really do. It's just so exciting. You're like a, dr- you're like a druggie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, Jay. I think you're you're definitely yeah, cool. up next. So I I've been playing Destiny Two. Um, the anniversary Bungie anniversary pack had come out. Uh, in, in December, I've been playing that. It's been pretty good. Um, we've got the Witch Queen coming out in February, which is around the corner. 
this year is kind of summarise it as I haven't played that many different games. I've I've kind of had a love hate relationship with Destiny, and, and at one point was going to quit it and come back, and I've come to this place <laughs> of realisation that it's always going to be part of my life. And I think I <laughs> it's more so bungee games because <laughs> uh, of the social aspect. Uh, and this year also, I've kind of made the decision I'm not buying many games until I get through some of my backlog, particularly on my PS5 um, and my Switch. And uh, looking into next year, I'm really in, uh, intrigued by what's happening with uh, Xbox and PlayStation Wars, um, particularly on the Game Pass and whatever Sony's equivalent will be next year. Uh, I my gut feeling is I think Xbox is going to be strong this generation and uh, I actually want it to, to win and I'm interested to see where Sony's first party single player narrative driven games land next year I kind of <laughs> want them to not be good so that I, I've got a reason to go onto Xbox and just get game pass because that was so <laughs> yeah that no, was no so all my problems I can just have my Switch <laughs> and game pass and I'll be happy but um um, yeah, no uh, chance. Specific games I'm looking forward to next year. I'm really intrigued about to see what Starfield's going to be like. I've just had this craving of some, you know, RPG, flying spaceships in space, landing on planets. Yeah, and then the Sony ones, I'm not. I will play them like God of War and, and Next Horizon, but uh, I wouldn't say I'm that massively excited for, for those because of the reason we're talking about. I think the, the, it'd be better. I just feel like they're going to be better graphics, not the game world's going to change mm. massively and step forward. Yeah, still, the cross-gen yeah, games exactly, still, I feel. Exactly. So. And the other thing I'm, I'm mm. hoping come out next year is Mario Kart 9. Because <laughs> that is long <laughs> overdue. Yeah. Mm. There's definitely going oh, to yeah, be yeah. one. I mean, I mean that's, that's for sure. Mario Kart 8 is still hitting. It's always in the top ten, top five. Still. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's me. Okay, what have I been doing? So, I've been playing uh, Halo Infinite campaign on my PC. And you know what? It's Halo. Yeah. It's <laughs> Halo. <laughs> oh my god, it's Halo. Have you tried the multiplayer yet? Thank god for that. No. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm more of a... PvE campaign guy, you know, with what I paid the campaign, I just, you know, just, I didn't get too far, because I just wanted to kind of, you know, yeah, is this yeah. Halo, or, not, <laughs> or is it, are you, are you, are you shitting me, are you yeah. Halo or not Halo, right, and, uh, yeah, good. it's Halo, good. yeah, every, yeah, you know, no, it just yeah. felt good, and, uh, mouse or ma- you know, mouse I, controller I kind of sorry. just, re- no, well, I've got an option for mouse, but I've actually got my Xbox nice. controller, I just, because, you know, I've always played Halo on the consoles, I'm n- I've never really played it on the PC, and uh, so I, I just I just went kind of Xbox controller with it, yeah. Um, so I've obviously got to kind of grind that out. I also started, and this is long overdue. This I've left this way way late. I've started playing The Last of Us Two, you know, on PlayStation. And what can I say? For a PS4 game, the thing looks amazing. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what Sony give their developers harassment or what they pay, but I mean, they 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 do some amazing <laughs> stuff, possibly. <laughs> Gunpoint motivation, I don't know what it is, but I mean, like, uh, it's another one of these uh, first-party Sony games that just looks amazing, for, you know, uh, taking into account what it was targeted to run on, you know, so, and, you know, obviously, I think on PS5, it, it runs at 60 FPS. Yeah, pre-patch for that. So they vined out that kink, so for, for me, it's, you know, pretty good. Um, so I've started that. I'm waiting to get some time to play Guardians of the Galaxy. So I kind of got that, 
and you know once I get into a little bit more with these games I'm you know I've, I've actually got games passed on PC now so I'm gonna try Forza Psychonauts 2 you know let's see how far we get um, so I'm doing that you know what else really tech side you know what I mean in between jobs now but um, you know just trying to kind of uh, continue learning more and more tech as much as I can and as as for this year look I've just think look number one I started a YouTube channel and podcast right <laughs> so I'm, I'm quite I'm quite interested you know obviously that for me that that was my memories of this year obviously new generation started um, you know following it, it's been you know, super interesting my hopes for next year Really are quite simple, I think. I think I just want to see more games that take advantage of the new hardware mm. that we've got, you know, the, the, the current generation. And I, I kind of touched upon it in the previous, you know, topic that, you know, I've recently finished Ratchet and Clank. And um, it's probably the only game on the market now, I would say, that really makes an attempt to take advantage of everything that the new hardware has got to offer. Yeah, really graphics, sound, controls, SSD. Yeah, and at first I was a bit lukewarm with it actually because you know Ratchet and Clank. You know what to expect Ratchet and Clank game. It's like you know, relatively comparably simplistic gameplay, uh, not super deep. Yeah, but there's something about being able to stretch out some of these scenarios and kind of like take the scenario on a left turn, a hard left turn, and then take it on a hard, you know, like, right turn, whatever the case may be, right? I just remember the last boss battle in Ratchet and Clank. And it seemed to go on for ages, by the way. But I wasn't bored, and I was totally engaged with it, yeah? And um, and it was, you know, it wasn't necessarily the most difficult boss, in, you know, uh, final boss battle. But um, I'm getting the sense that the, um, the kind of SSD, or this new generation of hardware, allowed the, the level of variation that I got from it and it just gonna you know so I'm, I'm, I'm kind of looking what I'm trying to say really is I'm I'm looking forward to more games uh, being less cross-gen mm. and taking advantage of what we've been given this new generation and it won't happen for a while I mean I, I just I, you know I, I kind of think the the batch of games coming out in February will be you know absolutely cross-gen because they're, they're you know as far as PlayStation is concerned they're, they're all running in PS PS4, even with the Xbox exclusives, um, that they, you know, Halo runs on on the previous generation of Xbox anyway. But when that's all done and dusted next year, and I'm thinking it will be, that's when the fun really stops. Hmm. Yeah, and that's when we'll know, and that's when you know the game designers and whatever else will be allowed to flex their muscles properly. Yeah, so I'm I'm really looking forward to that. I'm glad Ratchet and Clank exists because if that game didn't exist, right? I would think it would be like any other, you know, any any other gen. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm now I'm pretty sure it's not going to be like that. Interesting. And that, you know, and that's that's pretty much it. Really, really, what I'm hoping for the new year. And um, I mean, we'll, we'll have an end of year wrap up, maybe kind of like start next year. So look, with that all said and done, I think it's um, you know goodbye from me, Joel. Yeah. Goodbye from me, Al. Goodbye from me, Jay. And whatever you're doing, like, subscribe, and have a stellar day. And basically, also, happy Christmas and New Year's. I'm not forgetting that. <laughs> All right, guys, that's a wrap for the year, I think. Nice. Nice. Good, good job. <laughs>